It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this third day of January 2024, the second broadcast of 2024. This is the Live. It's where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza. That is the Horn Chat Room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And where, if you are listening live, you can pop by the chat room, where you'll be greeted by Ralphs and Squeaky and Theo and, and and Roger, who has just decided to hang out hang out amongst us proles and not moderate or something. I don't know. Got me up there as the moderatrix, and that's just not gonna, hmm, not good. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Robin. But if you've never been by the chat room, it's a great, great little, uh, great little game we've got there. If you do happen to be listening to the podcast, please be so kind as to like each episode, subscribe on a couple of platforms, um, push that heart button if you're listening at TuneIn for some reason. Remember, the best place to go to get the podcast or the live stream is always going to be hat-on.live. Maybe leave a comment uh, on an episode or here and there. Let folks know that you're listening and that uh, this is a conversation that's worth uh, worth people's time if they've never tried it out before. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And for that reason, we say thank you to our third day of the month subscribers. Uh, thank you to uh, Gene and Ann across the pond. Thank you so much. Thank you to John. Uh, thanks to both of you for being partial sponsors of the program. Where we stand now? Well, on this second broadcast of 2024, we've got just a plain old, ordinary, regular, nondescript fundraising goal. It's 300 bucks. Actually, truth be told, 275. 
So if we can round that up in the next three hours, we'll stay even through two whole broadcasts of a new of a new year and a new month. And it'll be fantastic. So it is prayer meeting Wednesday, and as such, uh, there's some nominally prayer meeting stuff going on. Uh, for instance, and granted, this isn't earth-shaking, but it's still awfully interesting. Uh, or maybe it just smells like a little bit of justice. God, this is this is a, talk about a blast from the past. We have to go all the way back to the second decade of the 21st century, the mid-second decade of the 21st century to set this this story up. And we have to go to Round County, Kentucky, R-O-W-A-N, Round County, whence came uh, one of my namesakes. But it was in 2015 that serial adulterer, county clerk of Round County, Sister Kim Davis, said that she, although she had changed husbands like some women change socks, was just too Christian, Lord Jesus, too Christian, to ever be able to grant a wedding license to a pair of queers. Because mm-hmm. there, there was a lesbian couple in Round County, and, well, they fell in love and decided that they wished to be joined together in matrimony. And so they did what they legally had to do. They went to the county clerk's office in Moorhead, Kentucky, no, not kidding, that really is the name of the county seat. Other little communities in Round County, Farmers and Sharkey. But if you want a marriage license, you got to go to Moorhead. And so they did. Where Kim Davis had become the clerk of the county commission. And she said, no. In the name of Jesus, no, I will not, never know how, offend my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by granting no marriage license to no couple of Lebaneses. And so she got her ass sued. But being a Christian evangelical, naturally, she she pogo-sticked right up under the cross and said, I am a soldier for Christ. Although she had more divorces just by herself than the two women who were trying to get married.
And so she got sued, and she cost the taxpayers of Round County and the Commonwealth of Kentucky a whole shit pot full of money. And uh, eventually she lost. She lost so badly that the U.S. District Judge in charge of the case stuffed her in jail, uh, stuffed her in jail for contempt of court. And again, we're talking about 2015. And it... Uh, now, bear in mind, back then, good Lord, nine years ago, the wheels of justice do turn slowly. It, back then, the Supreme Court had already issued the Obergefell ruling. Marriage equality was the law of the land. And uh, oh, I'm I misgendered the happy couple. I, somewhere along the way, there were a couple of women, who, but this was a couple of guys. Sorry about that, fellas. Um, so, as of yesterday, Sister Clerk Kim Davis, who's a soldier for Christ. And a fornicator who's going to burn in hell is going to have to pay David Ermold and David Moore $100,000 in damages. And because it was a civil rights case, she has to pay their lawyers too. To the tune of $260,104. Y'all, I don't know if they got the brain power swish, uh, uh, sloshing around betwixt their ears to figure this out, but bigotry is expensive. That, that, Award of the hundred thousand dollars to David Ermold and David Moore, that happened in twenty twenty two, but just yesterday the judge issued the ruling on attorneys' fees. Previously, the judge had said the question is simple: Did Davis knowingly violate the law? The answer here is clear: Yes. Ultimately, this court's determination is simple. Davis cannot use her own constitutional rights as a shield to violate the constitutional rights of others while performing her duties as an elected official. Uh, she had previously, Sister Clark Kim had, appealed to the Supreme Court of the United States, but they said, girl, get out of here. Well, that is everybody except the single most crooked man ever to sit on the Supreme Court of the United States. I'm speaking, of course, about Clarence Pubes on the court on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas, that that world traveler and 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 uh, tourist of Walmart parking lots everywhere. You know, when he's not jetting around to. Isolated 
Indonesian beaches, in privately owned aircraft, gratis from his uh, timeshare owner, Har Har Crow, and Lee Lee, and taken with him, of course, his beloved spouse, also beneficiaries of marriage equality in the uh, loving versus Virginia way, uh, Jin Surrectionist Thomas. Now, back then, uh, Fappy said, Sister Clerk Kim Davis may have been one of the first victims of this court's cavalier treatment of religion in its Obergefell decision, but she will not be the last. Due to Obergefell, those with sincerely held religious beliefs concerning marriage will find it increasingly difficult to participate in society without running afoul of Obergefell and its effect on anti-discrimination laws. Well, we found out that's not true, didn't we? Because a shitty evangelical website designer who designed shitty evangelical wedding websites was uh, was was allowed by the court to discriminate to discriminate at will especially if they if the couple is queer but the uh, uh she didn't she didn't get to go on collecting her breath and her pay from Brown County Kentucky there in Moorhead is there a situation in which Moorhead is ever Worse than less head. Just asking. Well, we're going to go there in the program. Fourteen minutes in. Okay. Well, it's prayer meeting Wednesday. But yeah, she got whipped in her election in 2018 and lost to a Democrat in Round County, Kentucky. Hmm. And so now she's probably going to have to. Write a check for $260,104 in fees and expenses for her lawyers. That was the ruling yesterday. Girl, you may have to go a straddle the road. I don't know. Yeah, don't worry. I'm sure. I'm sure one of these tax-exempt grifts like the uh, Alliance defaming freedom, the Alliance demeaning freedom, will cough it up for her, or some. Yeah, you know, she'll get a some crowdsourcing site to come up with it. Yeah. Gee, Sister Clerk Kim, I hope it didn't hurt. Too little. But it seemed like a... Um, thank God I, thank God I have, have, have partners in crime here. Uh, uh, Stephen, New York, noting uh, Kim Davis. Heathens who have fewer divorces than America's second best Christian. Betty Bowers is America's first best Christian. Here are the heathens with fewer divorces than Sister Clerk Kim, Michelle and Barack Obama, Hillary and Bill Clinton, Jill and Joe Biden, Rosalind and Jimmy Carter, 
They all have fewer divorces than Sister Clerk Kim. Hell, I don't even know if she's still married to her latest husband now. What bugs the hell out of me is trying to figure is the fact that her name is Davis. Because that was the name of my great grandfather, Joseph Borders Davis. It borders uh, got changed over the generations from what it had originally been, Bodder. For he uh, he was uh, Deutsch. Well, his ancestors had been came here somewhere either before or during the revolution. Might have been a Hessian, or might have been a persecuted religious minority. Moravian, perhaps. I don't have a solid answer on it. But along the way, uh, they settled in, uh, that, that family settled in Lawrence County, Kentucky, which isn't too terribly far from Round County, Kentucky. And by the time he moved his little family uh, to uh, West Virginia in an attempt to get rid of, uh, get, get, get away from the seemingly ceaseless bloodshed of eastern Kentucky, the dark and bloody ground, y'all. Sometimes I think he didn't have the best of luck because he stopped in Mingo County, which was known at the time as Bloody Mingo, Bloody Mingo, in the local dialect, uh, where uh, the Cold Wars were just getting going real good about then. Mate one, for instance, is in Bloody Mingo. But eventually, they wound up here in Fayette County. And it was he, Kentucky Joe, who was uh, absolutely beloved by my father, who would take him out to the smokehouse every Sunday while the women folk went off to went off to church and show him all the meat that was hanging in the smokehouse. I think winters were considerably cooler back then. And he'd say, What do you want, Kenny? And my dad said he would always point to that hanging rack of pork chops. He'd take down the pork chop for him and cut it for him right there on the butcher block in the smokehouse and take it in and fry it up for fry one up for both of them in the iron skillet. Sweet, you know. And that was a coal camp house, by the way. It still stands. We'd drive by there and he'd go, Yep, that's that's where Paul Davis Ma and Paul Davis lived. That's just an aside. Uh, Steve added, excuse me, those private jets are blue-collar private jets. Remember. Of course. Yes, they, they, they don't even have hot and cold running champagne in them. And that, <laughs> my partner in crime, Moorhead, if there is chafing involved. Oh, man. 
If there's chafing involved, less head is called for. I'm going to let you have the be-all and end-all on that. <laughs> Bad. Ah, all is right with the world. Roger is back in his uh, in his in, in in position as uh, moderator, chief mathematician, chief agronomist, rod trimmer emeritus, and zimmergist extraordinaire. I feel better. Uh, Clarence says, uh, uh, "Sister Clerk Kim's money. Sister Car- Sister Clerk Kim lost the election, huh?" She also lost that nice state government salary. I remember that ninety thousand a year was the salary for that clerk position. Yeah, that'll help buy a lot of stuff at the local Wally World. Uh, Ralph says, uh, "Yay for Sister Clerk Kim Davis having to pay the piper." I think that's the saying. It is the saying. Uh, Randy Radar said, I'm no fan of the theocratic government that is Iran. I guess we'll get to this. But guess what happens if the U.S. attacks Iran? One, the U.S. is going to find out that Iran is no pushover and is actually moderately capable of defending itself. Two, the U.S. troops are going to find out that the Iranians are not Arabs and, to their surprise, are actually white. Yes, Medes, Persians. It's a, freight, it's, a, it's a word that carries a lot of freight, but, you know, Aryans. <sighs> oh, I think there's more consequences than that, Randy. Uh, if anything could trigger a nuclear exchange, it would be the fact that if the U.S. attacks Iran, Iran will attack Israel, and then Israel will screw the pooch and light up the Middle East with... Uh, nuclear weaponry and then there goes the neighborhood and by neighborhood I mean planet just curious because you know a lot of us in this in this community congregation are of as the saying goes a certain age who here remembers nuclear winter remember when we used to worry about nuclear winter I remember when we used to worry about nuclear winter. I I I think it uh, I think it's still a valid theory. Uh, Ralph says Kim Davis sort of started out as a Democrat, and in 2018 she became a Republican and lost in the general election. All the irony just gets thick enough to spread on toast, doesn't it? Uh, the breaking news at this hour is that Orange Genius, he of the stench. No, really, more and more people are talking about how horrible he smells. It started out with Kathy Griffin, then Midas Touch picked, no, Link, the Lincoln Project picked it up and got to live rent-free amongst the Spyro Keats singing each to each betwixt his ears. And 
now Adam Kinzinger is out there talking about the stench, and he said, it's like if you made a perfume out of armpit, by the way, dinner warning, sorry Eastern Standard Time Zone, sorry Billable Rick Smack, if you made a cologne out of armpit ketchup butt and oh uh, 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 oh uh, per, uh, cosmetics and said he had actually personally beheld the profundity of the effluvium And so I think at one point Trump's uh, Trump stinks had actually trended for a while on shitter, whatever. Well, Emilio, for God's sakes, don't go looking around the internet to find out. Emilio said, "I don't follow what Matt's talking about heads and chafing." And uh, I'll tell you when you're older. So that's just a silly starting place for this prayer meeting Wednesday. But it is prayer meeting Wednesday, and so consequently, how about a new? Uh, how about a little bit of news out of Holy Mother Church, where yesterday uh, an Italian priest found himself. Excommunicated. Came up with the, I mean, you know, the whole with the breaking of the candles and not being able to be buried in sanctified ground or take communion and all that stuff. Probably matters to the priest. Uh, the, The priest in question is... Don Ramon Guidetti, who's a parish priest in Livorno, which we anglicize to Leghorn, as in Foghorn, Leghorn. You excommunicated, you excommunicated, I see. You hear me, son? You hear me? Excommunicated. Well, that boy don't listen. And the reason he got himself excommunicated is because he got all weepy uh, this past weekend delivering his uh, hominy. I love hominy. Hominy is a great uh, a great moment for learning a really wonderful uh, English word that's been carried over from the indigenous language of the of ancient Tenochtitlan. Nishtamalinization. It's the process of treating corn with lye so as to be able to uh, get the hull off of it. Nishtamalinization. And uh, so, uh, 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 Father Don Ramon Guidetti got excommunicated by his local bishop because uh, he was weeping over 
the passing, because apparently Sunday was the first anniversary of the death of the one and only genuine, no kidding, Nazi Pope, you know, Benny the Rat. And in eulogizing Benny, Don Ramon Guidelli said, Francis is not the Pope. He's a usurper. And when he got his ass excommunicated, he said, It is a mark of pride to be out of this church, which is a tyranny. You see, what he was upset about is the fact that Benny the Rat loved to shit on gay people. And Pope Frank doesn't shit on gay people quite as much. So for Don Ramon Guidetti, it is an insufficiency of shit. But listen, Pope Frank... I, I hope I hope your food taster is loyal and please stay off small papal aircraft. Kind of be I, I kind of don't want to have happen to you what happened to John the 23rd. Uh, you back to you know Leonard Skinner had a song I remember back in the day. It was called that smell. Ooh, ooh, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Ooh, ooh, that smell. The smell will get around you. I think it was actually a song about the marijuanas. But it certainly seems transferable here. Uh, Darlene said Adam Kinzinger actually brought it up first recently, and it snowballed from there with Midas Touch, Lincoln Project, etc. So was... Was Mary Trump asking Kathy Griffin about it? Because because Adam Kinsey, I thought I thought Kathy Griffin started the whole thing. Because Mary Trump in the clip seemed a bit surprised, not to mention nauseated. Uh, Pope Frank, Steve says, that 86-year-old man is proving to, uh, a man not to be fucked with. Well, I mean, I, I think one generally fucks with a Jesuit at one's peril. They're the smart ones. Remember, uh, during the reign of uh, Queen Elizabeth I, the Vatican sent Jesuit assassins because those were a thing once. Jesuit assassins to bump off Lizzie. They failed. Uh, Cynthia says, that Trump stench would have me toss it in my cookies and throw it up my guts. It sounds horrible. And who would want to hang around that? You'd have to be nuts, out of your mind. I.e., a maggot. 
Or maybe you've just lost your sense of smell due to COVID. Also, I'm sure most common among maggots. What smell? I haven't smelled anything since 2020. Yeah. Uh, Lou in PA says, I too had the understanding it was Adam Kinzinger first. Maybe it was. I just remember first hearing about the story uh, from the exchange between Kathy Griffin and Mary Trump. Uh, correction, Steve, I think we're going to have to learn. We're going to have to. It was John Paul I, not John the 23rd in Spanish. One, two, three. No, really? One, two, three? Whom some think the Curia et al. murdered. But what wasn't John the. I remember something about John the 23rd, too. And it, it was all tied up in the fact that maybe when he was head of some religious school or institution or something before becoming pope, uh, he had pointed out the fact that Holy Mother Church had never gotten around to excommunicating. <laughs> now, bear in mind, they excommunicated Don Ramon Guidetti for saying that Francis was a usurper, but Holy Mother Church has still never gotten around to excommunicating Adolf Hitler. Because he was baptized into Holy Mother Church. She was. Um, Ew, that smell, says George in Coarse Gold. The lyric goes, that smell of deaths around you. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yes, it does. Well, substitute poops for deaths, and you pretty much got it. Uh, Matt in San Francisco, diapers, smell, and the golden god... It may be a medical issue. If he's destroyed his insides with Adderall, and he may not be able to control his fecal releases, that mixed with everything else could create a pig pen-like cloud of invisible odor. An entirely new meaning to the phrase, and wait for it. Shit! The boss is coming! Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those programs, isn't it? It just is. I mean, <laughs> Angelo in the People's Republic of the Bronx says, Pepe Le Donald. George Clinton said, give up the funk. Donald Trump gives off the funk. Yeah. Uh, George Clinton also said, we want the funk. Gotta have that funk. Ain't nobody. Well, no, the maggots are saying it. We want the Trump. Gotta have that Trump. Oh. <sighs> Well played, Angelo. Well played. Fuck the conservatives, Stephen New York says. All I heard during the pontificate of John Paul II was how we couldn't question the Pope. Good riddance to that guy that Francis evicted from the rectory. Yeah, uh, house cleaning. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Uh, a a, a cardinal may be getting himself in the soup. Cardinal Gerhard Müller, speaking to Reuters, uh, he too was attending an event marking the 
uh, the uh, passage to hell of Benny the Rat. And he's pissed about the fact also that Pope Frank is not shitting on the queers nearly enough. And speaking to Reuters, uh, Cardinal Gerhard Muller said, It never would have happened under Benedict because it was so ambiguous. Yeah, that you can bless the marriages of gay people. All the Vatican said was people seeking God's love and mercy shouldn't be subject to an exhaustive moral analysis to receive it. Which, for once, you know, this being prayer meeting Wednesday and all, is actually in line with the actual teachings of Yeshua, the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life. You know, just like the Pope. I think he was missing the House of Whoville hat and shoes, though. But that's a very Jesus-y thing to say. People seeking God's love and mercy shouldn't be subject to an exhaustive moral analysis to receive it. And when I say not shitting on gay people enough, the church is still, Holy Mother Church is still entirely clear. No, no, marriage is only something between one man and one woman. Or in the case of certain Florida Republicans, one man and a couple of women and rape or so. And blessings can't be given at the same time as a civil union or using set rituals or even with other actions or clothing related to weddings. What they said was, ultimately a blessing offers people a means to increase their trust in God. The request for a blessing thus expresses and nurtures openness to the transcendence, mercy, and closeness to God in a thousand concrete circumstances of life, which is no small thing in the world in which we live. And Frank uh, added, uh, it is a seed of the Holy Spirit that must be nurtured, not hindered. You know, we're coming up on that time of year when I tell the old joke about the old priest who retired and emigrated with some of his parishioners. This was the end of the 19th century, beginning of the 20th. But he emigrated with some of his parishioners to America, went through Ellis Island, And because he was an English speaker and so many of his parishioners were not, he offered English classes. And so one day they were talking about the culture of the United States. uh, Trigger warning, there there will be terrible Italian accents coming. No mockery intended. The father said... Let's talk about it at holidays. Uh, uh, who can tell me here? Because he's trying to get from Italian terminology to English terminology. Who here can tell me 
what a Christmas means. And young Mario puts his hand up and says, I got this. Christmas, that's at that time of year in America, when it's all hot in the summer. And at a brass band, a march up and down the street, a playing a loud music, and they wave a flag a lot. And the priest sadly shakes his head and says, no, no, no. Nice try, but that's, that's Independence Day, when our new country celebrates its independence from England. Let's try again. Who here can tell me what a Christmas means? And uh, another young man puts his hand up and says, uh, uh, Christmas. Uh, well, uh, a, a Christmas is a is it, it, is is a holiday that's a very scary. It's a spooky. And they put these big orange squashes out with scary faces on them. And the priest says, no, 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 I'm sorry. And finally, old, old, wizened Nunzio raises his trembling hand. He's older even than the priest. And the priest says, Nunzio, you tell us. And Nunzio says, Christmas, that's the, that's the time of the year when it's the so-called. And there's a, there, there's a trees, decorated the trees, and a fat man in the red suit. Uh, and the, we celebrate the birth and the Savior, birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The priest is finally, oh, happy. Go ahead. Go ahead, Nunzio. Finish it. All the Romans, they nail up a Jesus of Christ on the cross. And they let him hang in there for three days till he dies. And they tuck him down, throw him in a cave. Yes, says the priest. He wasn't expecting to get this far. What then? Well, well says Nunzio. Three day later. They rolled the rock away from the cave. Jesus of Christ come a-walking out. Just as alive as a you and me. He look down on the ground. He see his shadow run back in. Don't come out six more week. Takes a long way to get to the punchline with that one, but, you know, as one approaches Groundhog Day, it is the appropriate time for that joke. Hmm. No, but, uh... Here's hoping the German cardinal gets a little, get, gets a little bit of, uh... But he hasn't gone so far as to call Pope Frank a usurper. I mean, the College of Cardinals voted him in, for God's sakes. So maybe Cardinal Malat will remain 
he's not going to flunk out of college. But, um, well, hey, George, thank you, George, for getting us started this evening. We're at 275, we're at 250 now. That's wonderful. Thank you. Uh, you get the idea Frank is not happy. Uh, oh, man, food porn. George in Corsgold says, first fa. It's a cold, rainy day here in the Sierra Nevada. I'm enjoying my first bowl of pho. Homemade. Not bad if I do say so myself. Oh, homemade pho, please. Uh, when when Chris in Germany hears this, she's going to say, Oh. I, I I think I had the best bowl of pho I've ever had uh, in, Chris, in Chris's company in Philadelphia in 2019. Because she turned me on to a chain that started out in the burbs of D.C. called Pho 75, Vietnamese place. Holy cow. Learned how to eat it right, you know, with the hoisin sauce and the sriracha. Okay, please forgive me for the terrible joke, but once a year, don't worry, you don't have to, I won't do it again on Groundhog Day. Uh, No, Frank is pissed. And uh, in a private meeting in Lisbon, Frank said something kind of shocking. He said that Catholics the world over have to evolve with modern culture. Oh, seriously. Get, Get a food taster for the food taster, Frank, okay? It was, a, it was a private meeting of Jesuits. And a Portuguese Jesuit told uh, the Pontifex Maximus that he was bummed out by how hostile so many Catholics are against Frank. And Frank, who apparently is occasionally able to not mince words, said... You've seen that in the United States. The situation is not easy. There is a very strong reactionary attitude. It is organized and shapes the way people belong, even emotionally. You've been to the United States, he said to the Jesuit, and you say you have felt a climate of closure. Yes, this climate can be experienced in some situations. This was all related to World Youth Day. And there in the United States, one can lose the true tradition and turn to ideologies for support. In other words, ideology replaces faith. Membership in a sector of the church replaces membership in the church. And then he... Mm, he stuck it in, and it was rusty, and he gave it a twist... But he said that the church has to evolve. And that there is an appropriate evolution in the understanding of matters of faith and morals. He went so far as to say it's useless to dwell on outdated ideas. Remember, this guy was actually trained as a scientist first. 
And when I said he stuck the knife in and it was rusty and he gave it a twist, well, he said, listen, it wasn't that many years ago when several uh, several popes completely accepted chattel slavery. But we got past that, didn't we? Um, yes. At least in theory. Remember, Georgetown University in D.C. only exists because at a time in the 19th century when uh, Georgetown was but a fledgling institution, the Jesuits there kept the school afloat by shattering enslaved families and selling a bunch of them down the river to that hell on earth known at the time as Louisiana. Meanwhile, American Catholic divines continue to try to foment some sort of revolution. Uh, Cardinal Raymond Burke said that Frank was creating confusion and error and division. Then there's Father Gerald E. Murray, who really despises women and the fact that Frank did not completely exclude women uh, from participation in the Synod said that uh, Frank doesn't understand the essential distinction between the ordained and non-ordained in the church Christ's establishment of a hierarchical church which he didn't do means that certain roles pertain to the shepherds that do not pertain to the sheep. Oh, really? That gross old misogynist referred to every woman in Roman Catholicism as sheep, or more particularly, ewes. And when, and, and, and when, he, when no one's watching... He considers them embraceable use. It's okay. I'm completely, I'm completely at ease <laughs> with the fact that I, I'll never get to be in the Catholic club. Shepherds and sheep. I wonder. I wonder if Father Gerald E. Murray knows what the shepherds got up to with the sheep, you know, when nobody was looking. Well, thank you, Billable. Give yourself a cowbell for the Groundhog Day joke. It's less than a month away, you know. Emilio, I don't think he did that. We got past that, didn't we, said the Pope. Did Frank follow up with, follow, uh, didn't we, with, 
motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, Ralph's is in on the act now. It had to be used. Let's recap. It says, <laughs> "Oh God, we've got to get we got to get to another topic here quick." <laughs> Let's recap. Says Stephen New York, "The U.S. bishops are more conservative than the Holy See." Oh looky, a pig just flew past my window. Oink. Consider the possibility of impatching. Uh, Matt Gates, Steve adds, since you just mentioned Florida, he still has the world's largest forehead. And he may be Congress's biggest perv. Okay, I'm going to try really hard to uh, move along now. Uh, in case anybody was wondering, Ron Monkey Up DeClantis. The man who became governor the first time, a governor of Florida the first time, only with the help of real live, no kidding, I'm not exaggerating, Nazis. Apparently, uh, Monkey Up wants to, and this is just weird, attack. The Bahamas? He's, he's, he's trying to telegraph his... He's trying to telegraph his, uh, his, his fierce and terribly, terribly butch support for... Israeli fascism, genocide, and ethnic cleansing. So he's been running around New Hampshire and Iowa talking about how and, and trying and trying to make an analogy between get this uh, Gaza and the Bahamas. And so he's repeatedly said, well, if the Bahamas attacked, say, Fort Lauderdale, we'd flatten the Bahamas in a matter of hours. He apparently doesn't get around very much. The Bahamas are fairly flat to begin with. Not like Iowa flat, but flat. If someone was firing missiles from the Bahamas into, like, Fort Lauderdale, we would never accept that. We would flatten anything that happened. It would be done, like, literally within 12 hours. It would be done. And I love the obligatory next line with all of this stupidity. DeSantis' office did not immediately return a request for comment from Business Insider on Sunday. 
You know, when it's too stupid for Christina Pushaw uh, to say something, uh, you've moved into real stupid, uh, really, really stupid territory. And he's been blathering this shit since early November. Uh, meanwhile, the U.S. Embassy in Nassau, speaking to the Nassau Guardian, said, um, we regret his comments that may have suggested that there's anything other than a close relationship between the Bahamas and the United States. The Bahamas and the United States enjoy an enduring and unique partnership, U.S. Embassy said. Man, what a, what a rotten job. U.S. Ambassador to the Bahamas. Just another shitty day in paradise. The statement continued and said, uh, The USS Lady Gulf, a U.S. Navy cruiser currently in the Nassau Harbor, illustrates our strong mutual security relationship. We've been allies and friends for 50 years and are looking forward to the next 50. Uh, they did. Ralph's Ralph said, didn't, didn't Bahamas belong to England? They did, but they are... Uh, what, a member of the Commonwealth now? Do they have King Chuck on their money now? I, d I don't know. They're Bahamian dollars, aren't they? I was only briefly and tangentially in the Bahamas at one point in time because the Holland America Cruise Line bought an island somewhere in the general and it was their little private party island before everybody headed home to disembark the ship in Fort Lauderdale again with Fort Lauderdale that was back when it was safe for me to go somewhere like Florida whoops gone are the days Uh, subject line, Italian joke. Matt said, oh, Robin, another reason to love this program. You reminded me of a joke my dad used to tell. He died when I was 18. So every memory is cherished. He said that during World War II, the Italian forces were running low on supplies, really low. So the commander had an idea to improve morale. So he announced at mealtime, attention, men, I have an announcement to make. Every man here will receive new underwear. Cheers all around. Now, Luigi, you switch with Matteo. Matteo, you switch with Antonio. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and no one wanted to swap with Donaldo. Sorry, that just happened. <laughs> just came out. Kind of like Trump. Oh, God. And Steve sends along a picture of Cardinal Raymond Burke in his <coughs> vestments. Steve noting someone is firmly ensconced in the closet. Can't get out. Uh, the Bahamas is both a member of the Commonwealth and a Commonwealth realm. That means King Chuck is head of state. I think there's a pretty strong movement to become a republic. Well, you wouldn't want to do that to poor old Liz, but 
I mean, now that it's Chuckles, why not? Um, and from the Department of Further Stupid, almost inexpressible stupidity, we have. Matt, it's not like you're helping. Matt says, today's show is at risk of really going down the crapper. I think that's really optimistic of you to think that that's something that could happen in the future. I'm in a good mood. I don't know why. But i got to be grateful for things like this story. Um, George... Anthony DeVolder, Pope Leopold XVI, Santos, has a new purpose in life. As the old year turned to the new, he said, my New Year resolution is that President Trump returns to the White House, and in 2025, I can be appointed director of ICE. Enough abuse and disregard for our sovereignty. We are the United States of America, and not a global dumping hub. ICE has had their hands, he would know being Norwegian and all. ICE has had their hands tied for far too long, with the sole exception of the great four years of DJT. The time is now. And that's why I'm putting my name in the mix for a role that will take grit and a fearless drag queen or person and not a coward that will fear media spin. Bring it on, MSM. I'll take you all on again with glee. I bet it will be with glee. And probably a glitter bomb. Of course, it doesn't change the fact that George Anthony DeVolder, Pope Pope Innocent the Never Santos, is looking at 23 federal charges for the scam that he ran getting into Congress. Dude is alleged to have actually ripped off unemployment benefits. He lied on financial disclosures. He boosted, uh, he uh, enhanced his campaign finance reports and just happened to have some donors' credit card numbers and charged off a few whole donations. He has, of course, pleaded not guilty. I, I'm just uh, kind of at sixes and sevens figuring out how he's going to do all that from within a facility to be determined by the United States Bureau of Prisons. 
Uh, Lou says the Bahamas are in the Commonwealth. And adds, did you see? An Israeli minister proposed relocating some, all Palestinians to, and I don't think Lou is kidding, the Congo. Dear God. The Congo. Because that would be great for them. And people gave Bart Cop shit for suggesting that there should be a mass migration to Oklahoma stand. Uh, Tom in Sunny San Rafael says Pope Frank, now perhaps he could get to work on Bishop Salvatore Cordiglione, the asset who seems to have it in for Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. He's, he's just one Pope. Tom, he's just one Pope. But one would like to hope he, uh, that, uh, yeah, uh, that he's on the that he's on the list, and so is Raymond Burke. Steve said, "I really hope Santos makes Trump wear a condom when he fillets him." <clears throat> yeah, billable Rick snack is done for. The central. The Central Standard Time Zone just came within your purview and jurisdiction, Steve, and they're pissed. <laughs> Matt says, the chair recognized Secretary Katara Ravash to speak on immigration. It wasn't that, yeah. That would be George Anthony DeVolder Katara Ravash Santos, would it not? Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to write this this ship. Get back into the serious business for which we're definitely not known. Let's, uh, oh, well, okay, this is good. Um, the dumbest, the dumbest woman in the presidential primaries for the Republicans, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to take anything away from her. She may be the dumbest person, period. Well, no. Wewek, uh Rosanna Dana is still out there. Anyway, Nimrata Haley. And I, I was reading it. Did you know that when her parents immigrated from Punjab, they filled out documentation saying, no, 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 we're white. Uh, Nimrata is still trying to deal with uh, her monumental fuck-up 
over the Civil War and slavery. And well, she went on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda and went up against Harris Faulkner. And said, well, let's see here. Yeah, we've got the clip. It wasn't it wasn't just a softball fest. In New Hampshire. I, I want to visit this because it's going to continue to come up. And the reason that it has is maybe you haven't put it to bed yet. So in political today, there's there's being written about black conservatives and some of their response. Oh, shit. Harris Faulkner put her put her put her put her reading reading glasses on. This ain't going to go well for Nimrata. Conservative talk show host Armstrong Williams says you are and going to move on from this. But in the meanwhile, he called it a teachable moment. And I would ask, what have you learned? Well, first of all, I will tell you this, that um, I said right off the bat, I did respond to it right away. When you grow up in the South, you grow up and slavery is a constant comment, constant point of discussion. You learn it in school. You talk about it. <laughs> Not if the Republicans have anything to say about it. That's woke. You can't talk about slavery. It makes the white children like... Well, it probably made little white Nimrata feel real bad when she was a lot busy being little and white and brand new in South Carolina. Mm. We have a what? She's still word salading, y'all. The bat, I did respond to it right away. When you grow up in the South, you grow up and slavery is a constant comment, constant point of discussion. You learn it in school. You talk about it. No, the fuck it's not. It is spoken of in school in hushed tones and out among the white folks. As often as not, it's an ugly racist joke. The South is actually very comfortable with our history. <laughs> Listen. No, the South is not. I'm a hell I'm hell I'm I'm hell I'm hella more southern than she is. And if the South was entirely comfortable with our history, you wouldn't have a lost cause movement out there. If the South was comfortable with its history, the Confederate flag would not have flown over the South Carolina fucking capital until 2015. The Georgia state flag would not have elements of the Confederate battle flag in it. Ralph's caught that. It's a constant comment, like the tea company. <sighs> Unpaid product placement. I, I can tell you that uh, 
Annette is terribly, terribly fond of the constant comment, black tea chai. Uh, she really enjoys that. Comfortable. What I should have said immediately was that the Civil War was about slavery. But I just assumed that that was a given. And I went on and said it was also about the role of government and about the rights of people. Yeah, no. Her having hard time learning. First law of holes. When you're in one, honey, quit digging. The role of government? I mean, there is some historical nuance there. I could go into it, but I don't think she knows anything about what I would be bringing up. There were questions raised as to whether, absent a formal declaration of war, the President of the United States, acting as Commander-in-Chief in his constitutional duties, could muster troops from the several states to oppose the rebellion. You know, that's why there was a, you know, a, a, a third Iowa and a 17th Wisconsin and a, and, a, and, a, and a second Minnesota and, you know, units from Maine. And, and you know, it wasn't, any, it wasn't anything at all like the modern military. You had discrete units of state forces. that Lincoln nationalized into the Union Army, which was then, uh, well, let's see, there was the Army of the Tennessee, that was Grant, among other things, Henry Halleck's in there. Oh, what the fuck up. Uh, there was the Grand Army of the Potomac, the Civil War statue on the grounds of the Jackson County, West Virginia Courthouse is of a Union soldier, not a Confederate traitor. And it is dedicated to the memory of the Grand Army of the Potomac who saved the Union. But that's not any of what Nimrod Haley is talking about. For she is, and I do not wish to put too fine a point on it, a blithering idiot. I realize that, Brother Deacon, I, and, and, and reasonable minds may differ. No, says Brother Deacon Asa, I'm pushing back on you. We whack Rosanna Dana still qualifies as the dumbest woman in the presidential race. Well, that's two occurrences of misgendering in this program. One on me and one on you, Brother Deacon. economically, socially, and otherwise. So, yes, we know the Civil War was about slavery. That's always the case. And I'll remind you that I was the Southern governor that brought down the Confederate flag. After having defended its flying over the South Carolina Capitol time after time after time. What, is, what, is, what does Flavio call her? A weather vane? After we had a horrific shooting of nine African Americans that were killed in a church. But Harris, really. Now, we all know that I'm a practitioner of the art of word knowing here. And I'm wondering about the word that, uh, the, the work that 
horrific is doing in that sentence. We had a horrific shooting of nine African Americans. Would it have been less horrific if it had been eight or seven? Would it have been more horrific if it had been ten instead of nine? But she wants to sound smart to people who aren't. That is how she became governor of an inconsequential state like South Carolina Stan. You do not have to be a member of Mensa, and I have a feeling that our South Carolina contingent of the Horn Family Community Congregation will probably sign a, a co-sign on this. You do not have to be a member of Mensa to be the governor of South Carolina. You may not even need to have an IQ equivalent uh, to the uh, temperature in this studio right now, which happens to be 67. The media is the only one that has talked about this issue. No, that's I, actually not one not person true. on the ground. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What was that? Harris Faulkner actually pushed back against the word salad? She shoved the word salad around with a little crouton or something? The media is the only one talking about this issue. Aren't you going to talk about the Democratic uh, the Democratic plants, uh, Nimrata? Aren't you going to? Aren't you going to talk about the Democratic ficus and the Democratic uh, uh, mother-in-law's tongue and the Democratic uh, Christmas cactus and the Democratic succulents, you know, all those Democratic plants? The media is the only one that has talked about this issue. No, that's I, not actually not true. Not one person on the ground in Iowa, not one person on the ground in New Hampshire or Iowa are talking about it. I've done multiple times. Girl, somebody in North in, in New Hampshire is the one who asked you why you didn't say slavery. That's an out. See, she'll just lie. And Emery and Marveline will say, well, and why are we talking about this? Town halls. We have done 150 town halls. I answer every question from Republicans, from Democrats, from independents. Even if it's even if the answer is a, a pathetic mishmash and hash of words that otherwise don't go together. And I'm happy to talk about this. We have a deep history in South Carolina mm -hmm. when it comes to what we've dealt with with slavery, when it comes to the fact that I had to deal with a shooting by, you know, an unarmed black man who was shot seven times in the back with a, from a dirty cop. We passed the first body camera bill in the country. We brought down the Confederate flag. We didn't have riots. We her and that mouse in her pocket. We didn't have riots. No, but you got you got your ass marched on and protested until you decided to see which way the weather vane was pointing again. We had vigils. We didn't have protests. We had prayer. And South Carolina got through what was a very heartbreaking and controversial time, not by demonizing each other, but by moving together and bringing out the best in people to go forward. And all of those are bright points. And all of those might have been things that you said at that moment. But when asked.
Yeah. That's not actually true. You know, when when uh, Harris Faulkner says that, that's a very polite way of saying, girl, you're fucking lying. The South is very comfortable with our history. Oh, dear. Her dumb. And uh, thank you, uh, Ron in Raleigh. Via uh, Sidney Blumenthal, writing at The Guardian. Nikki Haley's feigning of staggering ignorance about the cause of the U.S. Civil War unintentionally revealed her quandary in the Republican Party. It was not a gaffe, though it was a stumble. It was not a mistake, but a message she has delivered for years and that has served her well until now. Her carefully crafted and closely memorized garble was uh, a deracinated version of an old lie which she had used before to attempt to mollify hostile camps in order to skid by. Sidney said skid. Some in the past praised her evasive formula as governor of South Carolina as her finest moment. It lifted her star. Yet one simple question instantly, instantly produced panicky, rapid eye movements that are the telltale signs of a person desperately cornered, followed by an unstoppable stream of blather that she hoped would make it all evaporate into a meaningless ether, but instead this time slid her into an abyss. Her performance, the most memorable of her entire career, was so devastating that even Ron DeSantis, the paragon of political aphasia, in the most cogent remark of his campaign, indeed his life, commented, yikes. Nikki Haley turned Ron DeSantis woke. Well, there's a little cowbell for Sidney Blumenthal. Thanks, Ron. Uh, and, uh, by the way, from Dave and the Blind, a replacement priest for the excommunicated idiot. Hey, dang well, the Conclave Horn family community congregation and devotees of the goddess of irony put forward the name of one father, Guido Sarducci, to be the spiritual head of the congregation for the excommunicated priest. Father Guido is the only man of God I can think of who could heal the wounds of his congregation with a smile and a cigarette and a Pithy remark. Remember, fathers are uh, fathers are Gucci is a, uh, Sarducci is a journalist, and that is a gossip columnist for the uh, one of the uh, Vatican Observer and celebrity reporter. I, I think you're right. Oh, how fun! Uh, note coming in from uh, uh, Don in West Tennessee. What a great time to make. Uh, 25 degrees tonight. My second batch of Roxanne's famous chili recipe from 2017. I make it in the crock pot so all the flavors uh, meld perfectly. One more hour and it'll be done. Keep up the good work. I know it's not easy. Long time listener, Don in West Tennessee. It works, you know. It's just good and it's easy and it's quick. And thanks for the reminder, Don. That was sweet. Terry in Saigon, right? Hey, Terry, how are you? Um, Nikki, bird brain. According to Trump, she's a bird brain. 
Well, I hate to be in the unenviable position of, uh, of, of, of agreeing with former President Stench. But in this instance, he ain't wrong. The reason for the Civil War. Stephen New York says, let's see what South Carolinians said about the reason for the Civil War. From the Charleston Mercury on November 3rd, 1860. The issue before the country is the extinction of slavery. The southern states are now in the crisis of their fate. And if we read aright the signs of the times, nothing is needed for our deliverance but that the ball of revolution be set in motion. This from a headline of the Charleston Mercury Extra. The Union is Dissolved. I'll never forget being down in New Orleans, um, August of 2017. Annette and I went and visited the um, Battle of New Orleans, Battle of 1812 site, or War of 1812 site, actually happened 1814. But they had reprinted handbills, recruiting posters, warning all red-blooded Southern men to sign up for the Confederate Army because the heathen Yankees was going to come down and rape all the women folks. And and, and, and they's probably going to let some black men rape the women folks too. Yeah, yeah, if you ever wonder where incels really started, it's in the fragility of white Southern maleness. Just food for thought. So here we are at the halfway point of this prayer meeting Wednesday. And uh, somebody's on the stress line. Let's go thither. Uh, by the way, we got uh, $250 in fundraising to go this evening. Uh, that's a relatively small number. If folks would like to help make sure that we're actually even going into the second, uh, at the end of the second broadcast of the new year. 10 at 25, 25 at 10, etc. Hey, welcome to the program. Hello. Todd. Robin. How the hell are you? Oh, I'm better now. I'm glad. So you, you heard me you heard me kind of saying uncharitable things about South Carolina, Stan. Was any of it untrue? No, and, and you know you steered right into my my river of my if I were river pilot you're on, you're on my grounds now. You know the, the, she you, did you see her reaction first of all? Let's let's look at her body language and, and her verbal and body language. Uh, she knew she was going to step in it. She knew she was. She said, oh, shit, why don't you start me off with an easy question? And then she put her head down. She was like, fuck, what do I say? Fuck, fuck. Yeah, we've all seen it in a Warner Brothers cartoon where Bug says, eh, think quick, Ribbit. <laughs> oh, I got to write that down. <laughs> Only she's no, no good at thinking quick. 
No, and that's see, that's well, that's the other thing. Let's let's get to that first. And it's not we're beating we're not beating up on um, individual individuals who don't deserve it. Let me slow down because this, this is just I've been watching her. You, you know, I was living here when uh, I hadn't been here long when that flag came down. But it she is totally a political creature. She is. She has her finger up to the wind, no matter what happens. She she just goes with whatever. She doesn't have any convictions, and she's stupid, like you said. I mean, remember now. Here she was. I I don't remember if it uh, when she was a secretary of state or not, but it really doesn't matter because if it was pre secretary of state, during or post, if someone calls you about a nation that doesn't exist, if you're not sure, say. Just say, you nobody knows everything. Well, can you remind me about it? It seems like an obscure country, Bonobo. Can you remind me no, of that? There's, there, hold on. There's actually an official doublespeak answer to that. And we've all heard <laughs> it. Well, I appreciate your concerns. I'll have to I'll I'll have to get back with you on that, if that's all right. No. That's bullshit. Well, I'm, her response is bullshit. Is what I'm saying. If that, is that what she said? No, that's what you say okay. if you are the if you are the UN, UN ambassador, and you've got more than two brain cells to rub together. Oh, deflection. Of course, that that's because you have to be a diplomat. Exactly. That's right. She's not thinking on her feet. I have to get back to you on that and just move on to the next question. Don't look stupid. You know, even if you are, you got she's too stupid to even shield the fact that she's stupid. I, I mean, I don't. You know, obviously she must know something, but uh, you know, she was governor. But like you said, it doesn't take a lot here because uh, you know, the literacy rate is frightfully low. Um, but I, I think she's just hanging around to see maybe Trump will pick her for the cabinet. But she's waiting to see if he's still going to be around. Really, she's like you know, uh, a carry you know, a carry on. Like, well, like I, a, I find it interesting culture. that they're going to have another pageant before the Iowa caucus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this time, though, Chris Christie's not going to be on the stage to say ugly things about Nitwit Nero. It's just going to be mano a mana, Nimrata versus Monkey Up. Those two people just oh. being stupid for two hours on a stage by themselves. That's going to be a shit show. I can tell you right oh, now. If I actually sat down and watched it live, my brains would be leaking out my ears. Uh, DeSantis might walk out. You know, he's such a little worm. If he feels like, you know, and I just noticed that, you know, he's not, he's small statue. Have you seen that? Yeah, everybody's pretty sure he's wearing lifts in his shoes. And then there's the go-go boots that Casey bought him. And and I'm not saying this because, you know, um, I don't like short people. I'm just saying that sometimes there's something to short men with power that some of them have an issue. Sometimes everybody has issues. There's something to that Napoleon thing. Sometimes. sometimes. No, uh, Oh, God, it is so ingrained. Uh, and I'm not, again, I'm not I'm not targeting or picking on it. 
No, it's 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 real. It's called little man syndrome. I mean, yeah. have you have you ever seen you ever seen how a chihuahua barks? Chihuahua, <laughs> chihuahua barks really? like the biggest badass on the planet. When you know a shepherd could take it in one bite, you know, just whoa, a snack. Right. And it's because they're tiny, and bless their little hearts, they have to let let the world know that they're there. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't it the same thing? Did I just did, I, ju- did I just did I just compare the governor of Florida to a Chihuahua? I suppose I did. Well, he appears to be. I, I, I mean, it's nonsense about changing the way uh, children are educated. You know, he makes a lot of noise. I'll bark and they'll bite. Right. But in, in a different type of climate, I don't think he would have been as successful. Um, but he's just kind of um, tapping into the, you know, the hatred that's, that, that Trump wrought and riding the hatred coattails and, uh, you know, it, it, it's just disgusting. I have relatives in Florida and, are, and are, who are retired educators and it's really, people are up and on, some people. It's, Florida's a mess right now. Florida is a mess. And most uh, of that yeah, mess, so most, I, most of that mess doesn't even get talked about in the for-profit media. It doesn't. And look what they've been dealing with. They had the damn convicted felon. Can you imagine being like a seriously convicted felon? What the hell? How does he even have a fucking job? I don't understand that. Well, try to try to get homeowners insurance in Florida. Just try. Yep. We'll sit here and wait. I have a very dear friend who built. His mm-hmm. body's dream home down in Florida, and we talk every few months. And he's like, "I've been buying homeowners insurance in West Virginia without a problem for fifty years. It's like it, 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 it's 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 like impossible down here." And of course, you know, you got all these Republicans who can't acknowledge the reality of climate change and therefore can't deal with the inevitable inevitable realities of what climate change does, the the the, the bigger storms, the stronger hurricanes. Okay. There's a couple of things I see with with that, right? I'm glad you presented it that way because it's making me think you know, the mortgage companies, how are they dealing with that? Because when you take out a mortgage, it's like if you buy a new vehicle, you, you, you better get that full coverage and the extra insurance because you could be having a vehicle that you had the title for, but it could be totaled, but you still have to pay for it. Right. And if, and, and if you don't get, if your coverage lapses, you want, you wind up in the, the, the something less than pleasant world of what's called forced coverage. <laughs> you know, the, 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 you don't want the, to be there. No, the finance company will put coverage on, charge you an arm and a leg, on top of your on top of your your premium, or your you know your monthly payment. And the only and the only person protected by that 
is the finance company. Yep. It, it's bad. There's, it's bad. You know, there's there's a medical crisis down there. I mean, medical care in Florida is horrible because the, the, the Republican legislatures, even before there were maggots, were making sure that people that got maimed by doctors would have little to no recourse against them. You hit on my second point. We're on the same page. You see, between the dumbing down people messing with the education, but this this deregulation is a problem. That's why I don't let people get away with it. too much regulation. Say what? Well, what exactly do you? What exactly? What regulations are do you mean? Clean water, clean air, the the right not to be uh, raped and pillaged by financial companies. That sounds like a mess. You know, that shit's gonna blow up. The way you know what I'm thinking, yeah, that's gonna blow up. That's, I mean, that's that's not good. It's not sustainable. Cause cause these storms are coming. I mean, th- th- look at this freakish weather. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's gonna be a problem. That's 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 it. But but you know what? We're gonna get we that we are who we are and. You know, people are going to vote the way they want. Um, so apparently the people who vote between gerrymandering and, I mean, on the local, on the state level, you know, in Florida. So, um, you know, and, but they're, I don't, I don't know what to say. Is it, I, I, these people are so far gone. Um, I don't even know where to begin with that because there's, there's no, there's no re-education. They they they're not willing to admit that you know they have some type of deficit. Yeah, I mean, huh. and it's what? Mm-hmm. No, it's I I mean I I want because you know I've had conversations with people like it meetings and stuff that I've mm. attended that were from Florida and talked about the horrendous state of Florida politics. And and it, it just kind of, it, it makes me want to look up and go, you know, hey, normal people, aren't y'all tired of being embarrassed by these, 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 these revolting backwoods redneck Republicans who make y'all look like sh- Dipshits. I mean, mm-hmm. Matt Gates, monkey up. You know, the list goes on and on mm. and on. And of course, in the case of the Florida House of Representatives, it's exclusively a function of uh, of, of, of gerrymandering and trying to make sure that no Republican ever has to have a fair fight on their hands when they're trying to get elected. Because the Republican Party knows what will, and, and it's not just in Florida. The Republican Party knows what will happen if they ever have to compete on a level playing field, if they ever have to actually have a fair fight. Look at what I was talking about now yesterday. Now you're getting somewhere. Look at what I was talking about yesterday with the gerrymandering in, in North Carolina stand. I, you know, in yesterday's program, uh, 
I don't know. And I, I thought about, I think I did send you something, but I don't, you know, uh, it was very informative between you and Dave and the blind. And, and it really, you know, it, it, it made a lot of people think, I'm quite sure. Um, you know, you, you delved into some difficult issues, but you know, these are just facts and I'm not going, I'm not going into this other, you know, the war, but between that and, and the insurance information, but this, this, see, and this goes back to what I was saying. Like, you know, when I used to work at, at the museum, uh, you know, you get regular, regular researchers and, and when people get comfortable around you, obviously it's easier to talk because you feel safe. Uh, but there are a lot of people who feel like they will say it to your face. Well, you know, slavery, well, you know, what that bad and some blacks own slaves and, you know, at least they were working. Okay, this, this I, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard this. Well, at least they had a job. At least they were working. You know, and I and that's when I go into my. Well, what does that even you know, mean? You, it means that at least we, they weren't sitting around like no idle ass Negroes on the street. That's what that's what they well, mean. Well, I was by afraid that. that was what it meant, but I didn't. Well, at least, at, at least that's they, exactly what yeah, it means. At least they was working. It ain't like it is now. Right. That's exactly what they mean. Now, remember, there's a tradition in that because every, we're coming up on February, right? Every, uh, you know, Black History Month, and I did that for six years. You know, I would deal with the Black History Month, um, because of course I was the only black. But, uh, so I would, and it was very popular. I would hand out a laminated copy of General Order Number 13, um, which most historians and this is how I present it. This comes from the National Park Service because I only go to accredited, accredited resources to disseminate material. Um, but according to all the testimony, outside of Galveston, Texas, some of the last were some of the last people were freed. And it was, this was two and a half, about two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation. And the daughter of the plantation owner was literally crying when she had to read to the slaves, well, you're free now. Um, I mean, just, just to, you know, add some context to that. But there, we're still dealing with, and this is, this is the whole point of the conversation, I mean, of, of this part of it. There's a reason that Jack Smith used Confederate in his initial charges. Because he's a learned man. He understands that one of the things we're dealing with now, if you distill it down, well, two things, two, two terms, rebel and unreconstructed confederates. And it sounds like an old term, but these folks, you know, you leave your house, you live in a certain county, and it stays that way. It doesn't go away. That's why Florida is the way it is. Look, look how different Florida is. You got Miami, which is totally different from the Panhandle, which is totally different from Central Florida. You know, it, there's a lot of shit going on, which is totally different from the Keys. But, but, and I'm not trying to ramble, but this, this unreconstructed, because that feeds into what you were talking about. The lost cause thing is real, and that's what they're dealing with with Israel. They're dealing with a lost cause mythology now that people see are seeing. A lot of us already knew, and we were chastised and beat up on telling the truth. 
And I'm just going to say this now because I listened to the program last night and it's the second time you talked about Kavir. But all this shit is related. See, all these things are related. We're talking about uh, authoritarian slash fascist uh, regimes, societies. So they're very similar in that respect. And, um, you know, when you think about it now, now that we know, we, I mean, I suspected that's what we talked about. The, the first call we had after that October 7th, and it made me think, well, damn, they're acting just how they got treated. Damn. They, look, I had no idea that it was a Nazi. I had no idea that he and his friend were Nazis. Kavir and I can't pronounce the other guy's name. starts with the mess. Oh, shoot. Stop, stop. Uh, it's out there, but they usually go hand in hand because they're in the, in the same part of the party. But you see, now that we know, now that we know they're fascists, they've been acting like fascists and smelling like fascists and, you know, acting all this. Now we know. Now we have to look back. We have to now pull back. And I heard Eddie Glaude bring up this neo-confederate, Confederate, but we'd already been talking about that like for a few years. But, uh, I mean, because it's just obvious if you know anything about history. So, um, you know, this lost cause thing. And they're angry because they're trying to rewrite history as we speak in, in, at the, the nation state in the Middle East. They're trying to tell us we don't see what we see and what they're doing is justified. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring this back. But what I'm saying now is that this is why, look what, look what happened this, uh, yesterday. They're going to try to, they want to, they want to annex Southern Lebanon now. Well, uh, because nobody's going to stop them. Well, let's see. Somebody attacked, uh, the gravesite of General Soleimani. Did I read that right? And then they have yeah. assassinated another Hamas leader up in northern Lebanon, violating Lebanese borders. It seems like they're really itching to expand the war into an entire regional conflagration. Maybe, I think we're maybe, talking past tense, Robin. Maybe, maybe, maybe they've figured out that they can't. They can't. That the they being the Israeli military can't do this and they've got to bring daddy in and sadly we're daddy mm-hmm. and I will be damned you, know, you you think about how the maggots have barked and grunted about no boots on the ground in Ukraine well sauce goose sauce gander I remember, I remember what Bismarck said, and this was before the First World War broke out. The whole of the Balkans is not worth the bones of one Pomeranian grenadier. Mm. Wow, look how prescient that was. Yeah, where did, where, where did the First World War break out? The Balkans. The Balkans, come on. Yugoslavia, man, it's a bit, and look, and look, and then it fast forward to the Clinton era, Milosevic. There's something, I don't know, there's something in the soil in that area. 
No, yeah, I mean, yeah. See, see, I, I, we were all afraid of this. They're going to, the nation state is going to drag the whole world down into a war because they're not getting exactly what they want. And and oh, oh, back to the back to the, uh, and I'm just going to say it. Now that we know they're fascists, now that we know that they have a fascist, I mean, we know it now. They always, we, I mean, so when we see that that footage, the video. And it has a neat little logo up in the corner. It looks like an internet symbol and it's the IDF. It's like, remember, that is a movie. And the reason I say that is because, remember, anything they show has to go through a filter first through the government. And then it's released. It says IDF video, official. But see, we've all been fooled. That's okay, but you got to understand what it is. What it is, it's propaganda by by just the very nature of the term. That's propaganda. Because then when you switch over and you look at BBC or Al Jazeera, you see what people on the ground are filming with their phones and sending live. Live. You see what's happening. Because remember, a director, when you watch a movie... If a good director controls everything that you see, am I making any sense here? No, you are. You absolutely are. Because, well, and I, I heard some disturbing things on Al Jazeera yesterday. Now, I'm, I'm just saying what it was, but apparently there's no corroboration with these beheaded babies. So when we see all this blood, and you know what they did show? They're, they're looting the Palestinian homes. Going through women's underwear, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, they even, oh my God, I forgot about this. This is a month ago. Uh, Al Jazeera showed, uh, one neighborhood that they had totally flattened in Gaza and they took their tanks and made a swastika in the ground that you could see from the air. What? Yes. It's out there. I mean, I remember when it happened. BBC showed it. Al Jazeera, everybody showed it. You see, that? yeah, my BBC is very reputable, and they have another program on BBC News called BBC Verified, where they just don't say shit that they can't back up. I would encourage everyone because our our news is way too much sanitized when it comes to this, and it does affect all of us. As like like I said a month ago. Because now it's going to affect our economy. And we are, we're, we're boots on the sea right now. Come on, we've already had to uh, sink some ship. We're in it. It's too late. We're in it. They had pissed off the diaspora. And I, I'm going to stop rambling, but this, you know, this is, a, this is trouble. And then Nick, that, Netanyahu never should have been there in the first place. Period. Period. He did not belong there. He wasn't, and the, the people didn't really want him there. It was just he built the right coalition. You know, it's really sad, and it does affect us. And I'm trying to figure. Have, have you ever watched cartoons before? Never. I know. Right? I, I know the answer to that. I mean, I just quoted. So, I just quoted Bugs Bunny a little bit ago. I, I'm trying. I, I'm trying to be really. I'm trying to be as professional as I can about. I'll give up. Okay, so I give up. I know, right? I, I'm not too far gone. Um, well, you're familiar with Hanna Barbera? 
Sure. Right. Right. Now they had they had they had reruns of a certain cartoon when we were kids. It was already a rerun called the Flintstones. Of course. Now I, I would like your assistance because I'm trying to figure out is BB Fred or Barney or Mister Slate or Mister. <laughs> Akakadak, Poobah. Akakadak, Flintstone. Is, is, is he the head of the water buffaloes? Mm, Grand Poobah? Yeah. Mm, memory. Yo, I, I, saw, I saw a scene of Fred, and, uh, of Fred and Wilma and Barney and Betty all standing around a Christmas tree, and the meme just said, What the fuck are they celebrating? Jesus wasn't born yet. Right. Oh, God. Well, I just, I mean, I you know, you, know, like you, know, you know, the Flintstones, every program, if it lasts long enough, except the Simpsons, will jump the shark. And you know, <laughs> uh, remember, remember when the Flintstones jumped the shark with the appearance of Gazoo? Oh, you read my mind. The alien, the Martian. Yes. Maybe that's baby. Hmm. Oh. Oh, because he's little too, you know. BB's smallest dad. And manipulate shit. Let's yep. make shit happen and let shit happen. I think it's funny. Yeah. That's the other part of it. it he, you know, he and Trump, honest to God, they're very much alike. They are so much alike. Uh, I, I, it's just, it's a foul taste in my mouth. I, it's, I, I don't think we should, we should not, we only, only time, I don't think we should provide any more, uh, monetary or any, any fiscal weapons to them, physical weapons, um, until they shape up. This shit now, I mean, that, that drone attack in Beirut in a sovereign country? Yeah. How many other people did they kill? I mean, they want a war. I, what would you do? You got some company over, and they have some well, kind but of. They, 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 but they're they're attacking Lebanon, thinking that you know Hezbollah won't really fight back, that they won't cross the border and just do some more October seventh. I think that may be not a great calculation. Now. If those two countries go to war, Lebanon will be destroyed. And, you know, maybe Bibi will want to control Lebanon, too. Remember, he, he's, he wants to take over the border crossing into Egypt. Right. Well, that's what I think. That's what I'm saying. You don't bomb Beirut you gotta, like you, that. you got you got to understand, and not you. That just came out right. all wrong. No, I do it all the time. I know it's a pronoun stuff. But I, I, it's okay. I don't. I don't think. Okay, here, let's do this through the lens of history. That's always helpful. <laughs> Love it. Prior to the civil war in the United States, there was, and Flavio's even talked about this. 
there was a long history in this country, going back to Aaron Burr, of white men sitting around muttering amongst themselves, saying, you know what would be cool? Is if we owned Mexico and and Central America and South America, and a lot of those men were southern men, who wanted to turn the entire Western Hemisphere into one great big open-air slave plantation. Yes. The Portuguese were already doing it in rare form in Brazil. The Spaniards, God knows, had enslaved indigenous people for all they were worth in digging all the silver and the, uh, all the silver out of Mexico and places like Peru and Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, they had they had had their own revolution. Simon Bolivar. I mean, isn't the currency of Venezuela still the Bolivar? I don't know, but it but sounds good to there, me. But there, but there were there there were there was a, a certain sector of white men who just wanted everything. You know, a partial manifestation. That I know. A partial manifestation of that is the, you know, I remember learning about it in grade school, the Monroe Doctrine. That this was, you yes. know, that the Western Hemisphere was the the sphere of influence of the United States of America and France and Spain and Portugal and and England and 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 Sweden and and, and Italy. Just better stay the fuck out, or we will fuck you up. That's right. Never mind that we really didn't have the firepower to back that up, but nonetheless. We didn't have an army then. Right. Well, to the same... That it manifests destiny. Right. To to the same extent that the United States had greed-crazed white men... So, too, there is a contingent of hardcore right-wing, uh, uber-fundamentalist uh, Jews in Israel who think that Israel should control the entire Near East, what we used to call them, uh, what we now call the Middle East. That, mm-hmm. Isra- that Israel should rule over everything all the way, perhaps, to the, to the Iranian frontier. Syria, Lebanon, Iraq. You know, and at one point in time, Israel felt like they were so invincible they could take take on any. Because look, a couple of times they did. You know, there were pan Arab there were pan Arab coalitions that went up against Israel, and Israel fought them off and beat them. No, no. Now let's get something clear right now. What you just posited, P O S I T E, posited, right? That's only true. There's a certain, I know this for a fact, because you got to understand, they look at the Arabs as, you know, less, they're not even, they're subhuman to them. And, and, you know, it's their rightful, that's their rightful reign. It's their duty. They have a different mindset. I mean, why else would they be acting the way they're acting now? That's well, that uh, absolutely insane. But but the, the people who believe that, that, that that there is some that the, well the people who believe that Israel has a right to control the entire Middle East believe that it is in fact a divine right 
They are every bit as religiously insane as any mullah sitting in Tehran. Because yeah, as, I, well. as I have said for 20 years, it's not necessarily the religion that's the problem. It's the fundamentalism. Yes. And I have, uh, and, and I started quoting uh, uh, T. E. Lawrence way, way back twenty years ago, in what the Seven Pillars of Wisdom, writing. He was writing in ni- the nineteen twenties about the rise of the religious morality police in the Arabian Peninsula. Hmm. You know those assholes that uh, that and, and it was the same thing back the Wahhabism. Oh, they're terrible! Oh, they're blood. They're, they're terrible. That's that's yeah. That's cutthroat. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's like and, far and, extreme and this, Islam. And yeah. uh, you know, Clarence jumping in. Hey, Clarence, don't get it twisted. The Mossad is very busy. Hamas and Hezbollah leaders are in the bullseye of this organization. Drones are being used efficiently. The explosion in Iran was massive. That was not done by amateurs. The key word is pretext. Once pretext is completed, the hot war escalates. Mm. Wow, go ahead, Clarence. And, and, and yeah, Mossad, would the, would the CIA be in on, that, in on something like that, too? They're, well, look, we Will don't there know. There's so many moving parts sharing? to this now. Listen, there, there's so many moving parts to this now. It's, this is like the beginning of World War One now because you got Iran. Now, look, Iran might move into that vacuum into Lebanon. They already started. They're pissed off. Uh, but, you know, going back to what Clarence was saying, uh, the, the, the fundamentalism. Man, he made he made a really really good observation, but you know, okay about the drone strikes. Now this makes this makes us think, and it's just real quick little tangent. Just you know, I always thought that there, there was no. They just were killing. They're just killing and and massacring all these Palestinians because they're just in the way. They, they they've been wanting to do that anyway. Because remember, Gaza. Was a, is a ghetto, just like in Germany. It's a ghetto. It's by design. And then they told those people you have to leave because we're going to destroy it. And then they go to A, B, and C, and they bomb A, B, and C. You know, they're just calling the herd little by little. But if they were serious about destroying Hamas, remember Israel has the best weapons and technology that money can buy on this planet. They have better shit than we do. Shit, we're not allowed to use because we have certain rules. They don't have any rules, and they don't care what the UN says. You know, they've been, you know, poking their finger up at the UN for decades. But my point is this: if they were serious, they would have just targeted the leaders because they know how to do that. They know how to track people's cell phones and they pay people. They, they know where people are, but they just want to mass murder folks. And well, then, you know, again, they could have been doing again, that all along. Again, remember that audio of BB back in 2001. What you have to do is hit them hard and make them suffer. And suffer so much that they will remember it for generations. He said that. Uh, damn. 
it's bad. Well, he's just a bloodthirsty creature. That's what I'm like, like he's he said, a war he's, criminal. He's oh, he's in deep now. Oh, he's in so deep. And it shit didn't look right but in the, the beginning. But the it thing, really didn't look right. But the thing is, as Steve in New York pointed out, the problem uh, the, the the problem with with Phoebe is that you had uh, nobody can just go and get him and take him to the Hague and try him. He would have to be he would have to be apprehended in a country that is a signatory to the uh, to the Rome Convention, the Rome Statutes. So odds are Bibi Bibi's oh. not going anywhere anytime soon. Kind of like how you remember how Pooty was supposed to go and. And and pal and and pal around with some uh, some assholes in South Africa, but then, right. but then found out that oh, better not do that. Well, being a doc in the Hague, BB yep. uh, neither neither BB nor Pooty can go much of anywhere. No, and, and both of them when they that's a very you know what that's an excellent observation because like when he does come over here when he does travel. It's it's like really quick. It's it, it's in and out, unexpected. You know, just like he showed up to Congress where he didn't meet the president. Because he, he listen. There's a I guarantee you that uh, there are people that want to you know make him check out at this point. A lot of people probably. So, but he knows that. Just remember, right when you know, just remember back when Barack Obama was president right wing ultra right wing supporters of Bibi Netanyahu screamed the Yiddish word that means the same thing as that word that has all the same letters as ginger about Barack Obama because he wasn't kissing Bibi's ass the Schwarze the Schwarze I firmly believe that. I, I firmly believe. Well, that's that's who they are. That's what I'm saying. They don't like no brown people. They're not. No. It is. See, a, the Zionism. It is mm-hmm. a racist apartheid state. The only people and, who are. But you. But you say, The people who only. The only people who claim that it isn't. Are the people who benefit from the fact that it is. All right. While we talk, I hope somebody, I don't know, I thought everybody probably hung up because this is, un- but I think this, we have to talk about this because it affects all of us and it's going to affect your gasoline prices and, and your grain and everything else. But, you know, it's just true. It's just true. I mean, do the research. You know, Robin's not making this up. But but this, this revelation about bonafide Nazi type people in the government on top of everything else we know. Yeah. And and this thing uh, I, I haven't had a, I haven't had enough time to really dig down into it. Uh, but uh, uh, Lou sent me the story later about uh, uh, and it was a story from the Times of Israel. So this, you know, this is, you know, this isn't the Dearborn Independent of Henry Ford or anything. 
This mm-hmm. is legitimate journalism mm-hmm. in Israel. Israel in talks with Congo and other countries on Gaza voluntary migration plan. Senior official says Jerusalem working on post-war resettlement of Palestinians from Strip. Some ministers tout Saudi Arabia as destination for Gazans seeking construction work. Can, can you imagine, I mean, even, even though Gaza is hell, can you imagine con- condemning Palestinian people to have, and go, have to go and live among the fucking Saudis? Those fucking headloppers. Oh, okay, no, but but you, once again, if if they are thinking that and have verbalized that or expressed that, once again, they're acting like the traumatized group that they are. Once again, they're doing to others as was done to them, being exiled. Here, we nobody wants you. Go over there. Okay, so get this, get this, Zaman Israel, the Times of Israel's Hebrew sister site, has learned that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's coalition is conducting secret contacts for accepting thousands of immigrants from Gaza with Congo in addition to other nations. Congo will be willing to take in migrants and we're in talks with others, said a senior source in the security cabinet. Congo, they add, has high levels of inequality, and 52.5% of the population lives below the poverty line, according to the World Food Program. So there's that, okay? Now, uh, the Netanyahu government, such as it is, is furiously denying Uh, the, the the reality of that. That looks really shitty. Um, if, the, if, the denial. You know what's in the Congo? You, Ebola. There's all kinds of. That's not that's the place to be. The Times of Israel published right a retraction of sorts. Uh, a senior Israeli official on Wednesday evening denied a report from the Times of Israel sister site Zaman Israel earlier in the day that Israel is in talks with the Congo. Those are in, there are those in Israel who think that there is a willingness on the part of Gazans to emigrate voluntarily, said the official in a briefing to Israeli journalists on condition of anonymity. It's a baseless illusion, in my opinion. No country will absorb two million people, or one million, or one hundred thousand, or five thousand. I don't know where that idea came from. Well, dude, I do. I think it came from what's his fuck Ben Gavir and Beelzebub Smotrich. Mm-hmm. Working, they're outside the war cabinet, but they've been militating for inclusion in the decision making. Uh, the, the the unnamed source went on and said, "It could be between Congo and Gazans, but Israel is not conducting any talks with any country on this issue." I don't want to say it's fake. No, they're country shopping. I don't want to say it's fake, but it can't be through us since we have no connection to it. The Congolese can talk to the Gazans and ask them to move to Congo. And there he is. Finance Minister Beelzebub Smotrich and National Security Minister 
Itamar Ben-Gavir have recently called for Gazans to be resettled outside of the Strip, drawing widespread international condemnation. The official went on and said, and, and you know, th- this, this is, if you, if you just heard the words that I read, and you have, it's one of those moments where I miss Scott because he would have gone, oh, uh, and you have a working re- memory of Watergate, what that denial was was what Woodward and Bernstein came to refer to during Watergate as a non-denial denial. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say Smotrich wanted to do it. What can he do? We're not part of this. We're not in a position where we can bring people from here to Congo. We're not in the loop, said the official. That's just a way of saying we haven't figured out the logistics yet. Right. We're just floating ideas. Or maybe it's we'd rather kill them all. Well, that's going to happen. It's happening now. And that's what they want. I mean, let's face fact. That's what they want. When, when they say we have to destroy Hamas, they mean destroy all those Arabs and Palestinians in their way. You know, they're, they're tired. They, they've said it out loud. And I hope somebody looks up right now because this guy's been on my nerves the first time I saw him on TV uh, with his Rhodesian or South African accent, Victorian, South Africa. This, this reggae character, he ain't worth a shit. He, he is disgusting. Mark Reggae. I, I, and why does he have a South African? Why? 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 And, and, you know, you claim you're not an apartheid, apartheid system. Why do you have these people around you? Why do you have these hate mongers around you? You know, you claim you're not a painter, but every time I see you, you got these paint splotches all over your clothes. Your, your face has paint on it. You know, stop it. I just don't want my money going through this. I, I'm just not. I'm not cool with that at all. Period. I'm done. I, I, I really. Uh, they have. They have to act better, and they have to treat their citizens better. Because most Israelis, you know, we got a lot of people up in arms over here in America, but this, those people over there are pissed off. They said, fuck, this is how bad they want what they want. They said, fuck the hostages. And there are Americans over there, too. They don't give a fuck about them hostages. They want that land. They want it all. They want it all. Now, you know, and there's too many, it's too much shit going on now because, because Russia, remember Russia and Israel have a weird relationship. You got a whole lot of Russian Jews over there. You know, they, they're Eastern European, Russian Jews, the Zionists, that's where they come from. That, that's what created that whole nonsense. You know, it, it's a philosophy rooted in a religion. It's, it's, it's actually a lost cause type of thing. That's what Zionism is. They had to manufacture some reason why they feel like they can take over the whole Middle East. And that's what, that, in essence, that's what Zionism is. You know, blowing it down. Not not all Zionists, but that this is why there's all that trouble all the time in bed side. I have friends who live there. I've been there. You don't. You can't even go out at 3, 3 o'clock, 3.30. You know, I have nothing against it at all. But what I'm saying is that that's a mindset. They're very cloistered. At ultra orthodox, they 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 it's their doctrine. 
They have a supremacist doctrine. They are better than you. That's what they're taught. They're not going to tell you that to your face. You have to know people. You have to be in, you know, be around to know that. Because it's, it's not polite conversation, but it's just the truth. And if you don't believe me, look at the actions. Look at the actions. Who who would bomb a hospital at, the, at this late stage in this war? You're still bombing hospitals? Killing babies? You don't even care if you make a mistake. And what's going to happen to these people's property? Well, again, they don't want another catastrophe. They've been run out of their own. What property? You know, what's, his, what's, his, what's his fuck Ben Gavir and Beelzebub Smotrich have already said that uh, that's not, the, those are just Arabs squatting on Israeli settlements because they're still butt hurt because Israel pulled out of Gaza in 2005. Hmm. And Irish Dave just sent something along that's absolutely fascinating. Uh, it's a little article that says, What is greater Israel? Why is the idea not acceptable to the Palestinians and Islamists? And there is a map. Uh, basically, the concept of greater Israel, according to the founding father of Zionism, Theodore Herzl, is a Jewish state stretching from the brook of Egypt to the Euphrates. This would have included the historic Palestine, South Lebanon up to Sidon and the Litani River, Syria's Golan Heights, Hauran Plain and Darah, the Hejaz Railway from Darah to Amman, Jordan, as well as the Gulf of Aqaba. This implies that greater Israel is the, uh, is the inclusion of Palestine in Israel. There's a map, and basically it looks like the British protectorate in large part. It literally, the Euphrates goes far, it literally go, uh, it liter- far east. Yeah, it go, it's it's a line that runs down the Nile, uh, shoots diagonally across the northern Arabian, uh, the, the well, the northern Sinai, all the way, all the way, a little chunk of Kuwait, and runs along uh, runs along the Euphrates River, up through Syria, and takes in it goes to Iraq. all of all. Of, yeah, yeah, it is Iraq, and includes all of Lebanon. Iraq. All of current Israel, Gaza, the West Bank, and Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. This ain't looking good, Robin. I, I just I, this is this is really really not looking good. And it also just happens to parallel what is referred to as uh, referred to in what we know as the Old Testament as the Promised Land. Mm. Well, that's where they get it from, Zion, the promised land. Right. Mm. The land of deliverance, our home, Zion. But, you know, you... Uh, well, you know what? At the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do because there's nothing that we can do about it. They have more guns. They have a whole lot of attitude. And they have a lot of sympathizers that, you know, maybe maybe, they're, maybe they don't know or they're just down with the program. I don't, I don't know. Um, it's really sad, but at, at the end of the day, I can guarantee you, 
the nation state will have a terrible blemish in the history books. History will not treat them well over this incident. This, this, they're going to try to make this like a new 1967 war, but it's going to be worse. It's already worse. This carnage. This carnage is. You see, we, we, we're too close to it now, but you know, I'm a historian. I can see this shit. And you're a historian too. You already know. This is, uh, yeah. And, and they know. And BB, he, he know you're in too deep now. You're in too deep. Once you've killed a couple people, what's another murder? You know, you already tainted. It doesn't matter. So, cartographers, get your pens out. Get your color pencils out because these maps are about to change. Oh, that's and a good Beirut's going to be part of it. <laughs> that's a good line. I, I mean, it's going to happen. They're going to, Beirut's going to be part of, uh, of Israel. And Stephen and, um, and Stephen New York know, Stephen New York pointed out Congo. This sounds an awful lot like the UK's Rwanda deportation policy, doesn't it? Just. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. I'm glad we don't live over there. Uh, it's just it's a mess. Religious zealotry. You know that's why I think keep your religion to yourself. No. Yeah, but that's the, the problem. That, but that's the problem with hyper religious people. They think they think their imaginary sky spook, sky daddy, bearded juvenile delinquent in the sky uh, tells them not to keep it to themselves. Well, yeah, I get that. I understand that, and I understand that is part of their doctrine. Is to evangelize, if that's the right way to say it, because I don't deal with that. And, and, but, and, you know, and spread and, the word. And, and Steve said, war, I need to correct Todd here, which doesn't happen very often. This is not a war. A war means two states. This is a genocide. I don't disagree with that at all. No, of course it's a genocide. How could it not be? In fact, well, the United Nations thinks so. Any, anyone, you know, it, I mean, it's just a slow rolling genocide. I mean, I, I mean just, 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 um, I, 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 I mean, how much longer are we going to condone this? Because they should, let them be on their own. Go ahead. Let them, let them fire off a nuclear weapon. It's time to cut them loose. Well, they don't need our help. And, and we need to get out of this unholy relationship with them just because of weapons. So we can test weapons, and they can test and give us the data. That, that's it, it, it's it's too deep now. We got to get away from. We have to get away from that. And um, but I, you know, it's weird because down here, I you know, I listen to people when, when they think all the all the Arabs, all the Middle Eastern people are terrorists. They really do. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I can't, I'm not saying anything. I'm not here to change anybody's mind, like out in public or in office or something. I just look at them. And a lot of these people are these right wing Christian folk. Don't Jesus love you? Why do Arabs kill them good though? We need Israel. We need Israel. Yeah, Israel has a right to exist. 
but they need to follow the rules. Follow the motherfucking rules and stay on your property. You know, I had to cut a tree down today and I had to look at the property lines. You know, because I'm courteous to my neighbors. And it's way on the other side of the property. But I drove over there, you know, and I'm like, okay. His tree fell over the fence. Respect the property line. I'm sorry you can't fit everybody in your garage or you don't have enough property, but, you know, uh, demand it where you live that people treat you better. You know, and, um, and it's just, and, and you know what? And now we're talking about all this unsavory stuff. Now, I want to shift gears. I, I just, I just want to ask your opinion about something because I respect your opinion. Okay. And it's okay. Cause, cause we're dealing with immigration now and it, it is bad. I mean, now, now that, Republican governors are playing dirty and they're sending people, you know, like it's funny using these people as pawns. Uh, and, you know, and then you're sending people to cities that can't, they, they can't sustain what they have. You know, this is unsustainable. And I understand that you're allowed to come here for asylum. But I also understand that there are a million, million, countless folks in this country who have been incarcerated for little or nothing over the, over the years of this country, especially in the South, especially in Texas, where this is going on, Texas and Arizona, Louisiana, Florida, all those, those I-10 states, right? Because we're talking about roads now. So you get caught stealing the chicken or you get caught minding the still or making moonshine or doing, doing anything, little minor shit. Right. You get locked up. And what do they do? You get locked up, you get processed. And I'm talking way back up into the present. And this is legal. They process you. And back in the day, like Lead Belly, you know, let's say 18, right after Reconstruction, as a matter of fact. So let's say 1878, 1879, beginning then and before. That's who built the roads in the South because they put your ass to work. But they would make money on it too because they would lease your labor out. You know, yeah, they lease they lease labor out to Todd's, you know, road building company. We build corduroy roads, and and then we improve them. You know, well, remember the Thirteenth Amendment. Was, the Thirteenth Amendment uh, eliminated slow, slavery, so called, eliminated, mm-hmm. except in cases upon conviction in a court of law. Exactly, and that allowed the southern uh, the the southern states to basically use the criminal law as a means of reenslavement. Exactly. Now, the reason I bring it up: some of these people who are definitely everyone coming over the border is not here for asylum. That's just a given. It's not. That's not possible. That's just. That's an untrue. That's not true. All those people cannot be here for asylum. Now, some of these are able-bodied people searching uh, searching and seeking asylum. Why not put them to work until their court date comes? Pay them a living wage. Because we do need roads. We got all this money now with the highway bill. Look at all these roads and bridges being built now. And if they're serious about their asylum, they'll stick with it, have some money in their bank account. 
pass the test and they'll be citizens. And this may sound cool, but this guy, this, I don't know what else to say because deporting people, you know how much that shit costs? It ain't, it ain't cheap. I, it ain't cheap. What the, oh, you, like who's paying for, come on. And I don't, I mean, literally, this is, this is out of control now. It really, and I, listen, I know we need people. We need the people to work. That's the thing. We need immigrants. I'm not doing that shit. I'm too old and don't want to and don't have to. We need immigrants. We need, but this is exactly, and, and okay, able-bodied men. Then what about the, the women? Okay, you know what? We don't know. Some of these people have degrees. Some of them don't. Some have education. Some of them don't. But that's another, that's another job for someone, a social worker, to weed out, you know, figure out because those children need to be taken care of. So, you know, figure out who's who. Who has, you know, who, who has a history, a work history that we can track in Guatemala or El Salvador and have them watch the kids, you know, because there has to be something. It's just an idea, but we can't keep doing what we're doing. We can't. It is unsustainable. And, and it's unsustainable. And now we're dealing with, with people who are unfair. See, this CGO people... GOP folks, I would never do that if I were a governor. How are you going to ship shit? You know, that's something you have to really, really press the federal government for. You don't ship it to another governor saying, oh, they're red, they're Democrat. Send them Democrat cities. That's some bullshit. That's, that is childlike. That is so fucking childlike. Instead of trying to so, so really solve the problem, you're just making more problems. Well, but see, if you're Greg, Ass- remember- if you're, if you're Greg Asbot in Texas... You have a particular fear because these are not, by definition, many of them, illegal immigrants, as the saying, the term goes. These are asylum seekers. And asylum seekers have a chance of being left into the, let into the country. And after that, there's even a possibility that... They may become citizens, or if they have babies here, their babies will have birthright citizenship. And then if you're in Texas, that means they're Texas voters, and and the Republican Party despises migrants. And the next thing you know, you got more people voting blue in Texas, and Texas becomes unreliably pink. Well, it becomes more diverse. I do, and I want to... I'd like, I have, I have a little slightly different perspective on that. Um, in that, let me flesh this out just for one second. Uh, there's an assumption that we all, like if you watch Fox News or any news, you, you people assume that, well, they're going to vote Democrat when they come over here. That is not true at all. These, most, most of these folks are Catholic, the ones coming from Central and South America. They're Catholic and they're kind of conservative. And as, I, as I've stated before, remember, if you don't know too much about America, one thing you know, you're going to a new country, you're going to gravitate to the party that waves the flag a lot and always talks about patriotism. And talks, remember, I'm talking talking, you know, symbolism. That's the Republican Party. The Democrats are the thinking party. And, you know, to join the thinking party, you have to know, you have a little background first. This is why this is why the GOP hates academia. They don't like higher education because people start to know shit and know how they're being messed over. 
see, so these people are not just automatically. A lot of them are, but you know, some of them, a lot of them aren't. You don't know. A lot of these people are are. are you don't know how they're going to vote. They just want to. They just want to work and have a place to live. Most of them, and we need workers. And I hear what you're saying. I, and it, well, and that that really what it really comes and a lot of this is that they they're scared of being inevitable anyway, which is the browning of America. And this goes back to what you were saying earlier, which was brilliant and just true. Because um, remember, the Confederates had uh, a coal colony in Brazil where they they just kind of picked up where they left off and each other. They did it in Brazil. And they were like, well, shit, why do we have to go to the Caribbean? We can just use Mexico's right here. They don't know shit. We can just go over and take. That's why they manufactured a war against Pancho Villa. That was a made up, some made up shit. You know, they manufactured a war, uh, you know, so we could take land from Mexico. So really, these people are just going back where they came from anyway. You know, uh, this manifest destiny, and, and I know, you know, I can just do what I want because I'm a white male. It, it's getting us into a lot of trouble. Well, and I'm not, not against white men. Don't get no, me. but 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 I'm, I mean, look, I'm sorry. hey, I was one once, um, <laughs> or at least tried real hard. But <laughs> you, you earned a B plus, didn't you? Oh no, I was def- I was definitely a low C student. Uh, <laughs> or or Matt, like like George W. Bush, I got a gentleman's D. You got a gentleman's guy. I've heard the first time I heard that. <laughs> looking for I'm a different sorry. looking for a different kind of D now. Uh, <laughs> shame on me. In theory, that was good. That's like the day I got my gender oh, marker cool. changed on my license. I, I said, this is the most awesome F I've ever made. <laughs> Did they laugh? Oh, yeah. But <laughs> no, if you're just objective about the history of the United States, virtually every terrible thing that has ever happened in the United States has been done by a white Man, white men have done good things, too. But the fuck-ups are almost exclusive. I mean, who built the United States Capitol? Not George Washington. Maybe some of George Washington's enslaved people, but they were not white. Right. Right. Uh, you know, who, who laid the tracks of the Transcontinental Railroad? Chinese folks on the western side and, and African Americans and, unde- uh, and 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 people yeah. who hadn't been here long enough to be considered white. Right. Yeah. See this whole. Oh, see now you now this is the whole. We need you need Eddie Claude on this program. Oh, I would love to talk to him. I, I say that every time, every time, every time he or Anna Giridardas show up on on uh, the, my filthy morning habit, the IQ of the program goes up by about a hundred points. It 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 does. You know the the insights. It's just I'm, I'm glad that that um, Jehoshaphat hasn't given him a timeout yet. 
because I know he doesn't agree with him all the time, but um, I have a real problem. I have a, I just, this whole anti-intellectual thing, I, it, it, it really, it's hurting our country and people don't understand how much it's hurting our country. Just because it makes them feel good, like, because they didn't do well in school. Yeah, but it's, you know. And it's okay. It's the end zone dances going on now over Claudine Gay. You know, one of, one of those right-wing. That's where I was going. One of those right-wing racist assholes uh, bragged that we've got a scalp. Um, By the way. That's the phonic woman. I thought. Oh, you mean Elsie Stupidnik? Yeah. Now, that racist. I know she was trying to make a point. Well, I just think that she was very. I think her decorum was, but could have been. I'm going to be very generous with my language here, meter. I think her decorum could have been much better with the witness who was uh, the Harvard president, because in that type of setting, you don't. Oh no, she, no, 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 well, that's what she was doing. Elsie Stupidnik is it was nothing. Elsie Stupidnik is nothing but a vulgar, ignorant, maggot racist. Okay, that's all she is. I put my money on that one. And they're all just, uh, you know, Christopher Rufo is out there doing an end zone dance. Uh, that that billionaire that threatened to take away Harvard's money is out there doing an end zone dance. And Rufo is saying things like, we're coming for you. There will be no more DEI in academia. See, that's, mm-hmm. And that's if they what get, it's and about. If they, yeah, and you know what? If they get their fucking way, everybody, every student in every college will begin every class by singing the fucking horse vessel song. Oh, God. I'm so glad you brought up uh, Dr. Gay. Because, you know, I remember watching the testimony. And remember, I have 10 years under my belt as a university administrator. I did that for 10 years. I worked at the museum for six. But um, what I learned what I learned from working at um, the university in, at that, in that capacity, well, first of all, it's hard to get hired and it is hard to get fired because it's like the court system. It's slow. It'll get you there, but it's slow and deliberate because universities, and I'm going to get to the point real quick. Universities and colleges operate on policy and procedure. That's the policy and procedure. It's all about policy and procedure. It doesn't matter what you think or how you feel. It's about policy and procedure because it's one of the few places where you can express yourself. You, you know, you can do it. If we didn't have that, well, we'd be, you know, I would be knocking rocks together. I don't know what would be. So my point is that where I think Dr. Gay uh, dropped the ball was, well, she was probably so stunned at, at this this low-level nonsense from this stupidnik woman. Like, who, bitch, who are you talking to like that? I mean, seriously, it, it, it's like she was just fucked up. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to that, but uh, and it's hard to stick on your feet sometimes, especially when you're dealing with craziness. But you see, policy and procedure. In other words, you know how I often talk about your personal self and your professional self, and that would have been Dr. Gay's opportunity 
to quickly say, wait, now, if you're asking me how I feel about this, that's different than Harvard's policies and procedures. They're different things. Sometimes they're not, depending on the person. Sometimes they're congruent. Sometimes they're incongruent. But the point of that hearing was the policy and the procedure, not how that, not how Dr. Gates felt about what was going on in Israel and Jews and all this other stuff. That has nothing to do with it. You know, what you personally think, nobody gives a fuck, and no, you shouldn't. When you go to work, you're there to work. You know? It's, but, it's, but, but, Elsie, but Elsie Stupidnik knew all of that, Todd. That was not the point of what, of what the, the, the Republicans did when they hauled those university presidents up there before them. It was to berate them and 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 do a performance uh, for the benefit of Bibi Netanyahu's right wing fascist government to show that and the maggots and the maggots absolutely because they not they not smart enough to understand because they hadn't been to college they don't understand how this shit works Exactly. It's just a mess. Uh, by the way, by the way, I have to stop and say thank you. I need to stop and say thank you to uh, Jude, jumping in. We are down to uh, uh, we're down to two hundred and thirty dollars to go to stay even with the uh, second broadcast of twenty twenty four. All right. What a great and expansive family we are, Jude says, and. Uh, uh, Todd's references to social workers aligns with Dave, Dave and the Blind and the change chart and the changes in Medicare's providing services. The year 2024 now includes the master social worker. In my many decades in nursing and life in general, social workers are the mitochondria of action. I honor their grounded service. I, 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 I share I share what Jude said, and the fact of the matter is, it's damned well criminal that social workers are among the, if not the least paid, uh, trained, certified professionals among all the professionals in American life. Uh, it's brutal. And it, it is. And yet, and yet, people still go into it because they actually. Well, it's like it's uh, it's like the John Donne poem, uh, where he says, "I am involved with humanity." And here we are. And, well, you know, uh, I come from a family of social workers, uh, and like like universities, people who taught emerita type folks who taught people how to sort of be social workers. So I take this personally, and 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 a lot of people are under, like you said, they're underpaid. And now, uh, oh God, now for decades they've been asked to do what psychiatrists or psychologists used to do. For less pay. Yes. So, just in case anybody didn't know that, I guess it's common knowledge. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, a few weeks back, I quoted the William Butler, Butler Yeats poem, "The Second Coming," and I, I didn't, I didn't know how apt it was at the time. And thank you, Ralphs. Uh, Ralphs has gotten us down to uh, two o five. Thank you so much, Ralph. All right. Um, in 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 that poem, Yeats writes, "Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming. Mm. 
Hardly are those words out when a vast image out of Spiritus Mundi troubles my sight. And then this, oh this. Somewhere in sands of the desert, a shape with lion body and the head of a man, a gaze blank and pitiless as the sun, is moving its slow thighs while all about it reel shadows of the indignant desert birds. The darkness drops again, but now I know that twenty centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle, and what rough beast, its hour come round at last, slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. Christmas Day, Todd. Wow. Slouching toward Bethlehem. The lion... You know, you know, it sounded like you were depicting the lion as iron for a second. Well, I feel, I feel, I feel like I was. I feel like it's Yates channeling the future and seeing, seeing Bibi Netanyahu in 2023. That's what it sounds like. Uh, but just to shift gears I, for a second, because uh, we are kind of running short on time. I saw that. Yeah. A couple of things. Uh, one piece of news broke during this program. The Epstein list has been released. No way. I haven't seen it yet. Uh-oh. Uh, but it has been released. And there's already a, a, a bit of paranoia running rampant. Really? In, among the paranoids. Chief of whom is, <laughs> chief of whom is none other than Alex Jones. And he is shitting his pants at the prospect that Nitwit Nero is going to be on the list of people who rode aboard the Lolita Express to Lolita Island. I got the I got the audio because I got a feeling that it's going to be the RFK Trump. All the people they don't like is going to show up on that, and they're throwing Bill Clinton under the bus just so it looks fair. Um, well, I will say this. I will say this. Before he says this, let's note something. What he's doing here, this is preemptive damage control. Because you'd be, I mean, his, his audience is not insignificant. Granted, the vast majority of them live under bell jars at Ripley's, believe it or not, auditorium, O-D-D-I-T-O-R-I-U-M. But he has reach. And so this here comes the talking point. If it turns out Trump ever went to Epstein Island, I will remove any support from him. But I know Roger Stone very well, and I know people that know Trump well, a lot of people, I'll leave it at that. A lot of people. I know women that have dated Trump, prominent women. I know friends of his, people that stay at his house when they go there. Roger was his wingman in between divorces. Uh, and so Roger knows all about Trump's proclivity. He gets devoted to one woman at a time. It's totally obsessed with him. Totally nice to him. He's a neat freak. He wants yeah, one woman at a time, even if he's married to another one. I mean, that doesn't hold up for very long, does it? It's testing. Nope. He, he puts Purell on his hands constantly. And everybody that knows him, he's super cool, playing golf, everything. He always thought Epstein was creepy. Something like 15 years ago, he'd been on his plane once when they offered a flight from New York down to uh, Palm Beach, where they both you know, live in that general area with, with uh, Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago. And 
he told Roger he, he got invited to a pool party or a party, and he gets there's all these teenagers, and he goes, oh, that's nice, he lets the neighborhood kids in there. They go, no, 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 these are the entertainment, and Trump left immediately. Uh, so that's speculation, uh, but <laughs> that's speculation. if they put out a client list, and here that's possible that it could be fake because Epstein's dead, and that's something very possible. So we'll have to decide, is it a fake list they put in? Because the CIA was in charge of that with Mossad and MI6. All three of those groups has come out were running it. Would they put out a fake flight log list to get Trump, or did he really go there? I think that's really an important question. I mean, are you going to believe them if they put it out? I personally am not, just from my past research and experience. Yeah, because he's got research and experience, and he's not going to believe it even if it says that Donald Trump was screwing 10-year-olds. Yeah, I've studied not really sociology or psychology, but I... So if the list... Uh, he's he's uh, This is mind-blowing. Uh, if if he ever went to Epstein Island, I'm withdrawing all support. But then says he won't believe it if Nitwit Nero's on the list. I don't have the terms, use the terms they but, do. I just see how it works. And so Trump's type is bombshell imposing supermodels, which a lot of guys are intimidated by. I'm not intimidated by a big, powerful, in their prime woman that just comes and jumps on top of you. Um, but these creepy old globalists, they're into kids because they like the evil of it, the power of it. And they show pictures of, you know, Trump's daughters sitting in his lap. And they go, oh, look, he's a pervert. I can show you pictures of my daughter sitting in my lap. So, so it's just ridiculous. Well, I mean, I think it's a pretty good bet that Alex Jones is a pervert, too. So some of the names are, be some of the names are being written about now, Todd. All this comes from a 2000 deposition of a woman named Virginia Jeffrey. She brought the lawsuit that led to the release of the documents. And she says that Ghislaine Maxwell, Epstein's partner, told her to have sex with Prince Andrew, billionaire Glenn Dubin, model scout Jean-Luc Brunel, artificial intelligence researcher Marvin Minsky, and she gave a massage to, in quotes, to former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson. Uh, <coughs> there, are, there are two John or Jane Doe's. They're all referred to as John Doe or Jane Doe 107, 108, 109. 107 and 110 are objecting to their the release of their names. Uh but here's the thing. Virginia Jeffrey, who was previously known as Virginia Roberts, met Ghislaine Maxwell when she, Virginia Jeffrey, was working at Magaloco. Uh-oh. Um. Okay. So that's, you know, that's, 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 that's as far as it goes now, but it gets worse. Oh. Uh, Where's Matt? Uh, 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 where did the... Oh, yeah. Uh, Jude just sent along from Christian Post. I offer this only because you brought it up, Jude said. The link I follow as it reveals a reality of both dimensions, mostly it glides in Marshmallow's land. 
but necessary to know where these dominionists reside. Christian Post, Bill Clinton mentioned over 50 times in documents linked to suit. Good God. Yeah. And Matt in San Francisco says, everyone knows pedophiles are allergic to Purell. Absolute yes, of course. <laughs> Matt said that. Yeah, Matt's, Matt's been banging on all eight cylinders all day. <laughs> but you, wait, you know when you you knew exactly where you the, the first couple of statements uh, into what Alex Jones was just saying. He he all but admitted. Well, I know he he almost said, "Well, yeah, Trump did." That's what he was saying. Well, you know that's what he was. That's why he had to have all these qualifiers. Well, if he did do it, now. Uh, Pull out my my funding. He's like he had to he had to manufacture an out, an exit ramp for himself. Yeah, you see, that's what you meant, right? So by the time we, by the time we get to the thorn in the side Thursday, I imagine I imagine this is just going to be the be all and end all of the next twenty four hours of the news cycle. Well, we knew Clinton was on there. I yeah. mean. We kind of knew that. I mean, and, and you know, uh, those defenses are already coming out. Yes, he flew to Africa on Epstein's jet on a charity mission or some such as that. I don't know. But, you know, the the Prince Andrew stuff, that yep. could be devastating uh, to the British throne. What, does already, everyone remember? Um, it, it's already been bad enough. I just well, you know it's going to be bad when when the type of security situation that Epstein was under on Rikers Island. The fact that every the video went missing, he hung himself. I mean, he was he was too valuable. He couldn't talk. That was a dead giveaway there. It, this and Dershowitz was demanded. He was like, "Oh, I want my name clear." I, I don't know if that's going to do him good or not, but we'll see. But you know, remember, remember the, the circumstances of Epstein's death. Yeah, hanged himself in jail. But but he was supposed to be under twenty. He was under twenty four seven surveillance. Like even in in solid, he was in solitary with twenty four seven surveillance until he was. Well, you know, just be careful. I, I don't know. Everybody's got something, but that's crazy. Well, um, you go. I see your time is right. Um, I'm. I'm just very glad that you took my call and, uh, you know, like other people. No, you don't have to do anything. And, 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 you know, you're doing such a great job of, of I mean, riding the fence between opinion. I mean, we all have opinions, but, but just presenting some facts, you know, with these opinions. There's a reason that we think the way we do. You know, we're not just calling people out for no reason. Uh, no, I I can't 
I can't I can't I can't read about, watch, see the things that I'm reading about and watching and seeing and just be silent because silent feel, silence feels like complicity. And I can well, and I'm, I'm going to say goodnight. And I can I condemn mm-hmm. I condemn as evil the slaughter of any innocents. If I had the courage here, to condemn here. if I had the courage to condemn my own country for the illegal slaughter of a million Iraqi innocent non-combatant civilians 20 years ago why in the hell should I not have the courage to condemn the slaughter of Palestinian innocents and Israeli innocents mm. Mm. You said a mouthful. I'm stuttering. I mean, what a... Yeah, we're not going to go down well in history over that either. Can you imagine if we started off in the wrong country? (laughs) We devastated the wrong country and looted their bank and took their antiquities. Somebody did yeah. Well, I hope I hope it stays. Uh, I'm, I, I don't know if you can hear it, but I start, I had to start a fire. I was wood out there. I had to set fire to it. So, um, I hope I hope you guys stay warm this evening. Oh, we're trying. Thank thank God for that uh, uh, heated mattress pad. That thing's saving me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's 67 in the studio right now. It's just it's just cold. It's that it's that bone chilling cold. It's not like it's snowing or anything. It's just uh cold. It just, it goes all the way. You can't you can't bundle up enough for this shit. No, that's the way it is here. It's that damp cold. It gets into your bones. Why I had to start a fire. You know, you young people, you, you if you're lucky enough, you'll get old and your skin will get thin. You'll know what we're talking about. You know. Oh. <laughs> but, but this. <laughs> I, re- I remember. No, I re- this, you... no, I remember my first year of law school sitting there with a coat on behind my desk working on briefs and memos and whatever and banging away at the keyboard. In the apartment that was known as the Cracker Box Palace. And the door wouldn't stay shut. So after a while, I just got, gave up and sat there working. And, and the cold didn't bother me. It was colder than a well digger's ass in my apartment. Damn. But the door just stood open. It was like, well, this isn't so bad. I'd been in Atlanta for a couple of years and down south for, you know, Couple of years, and it's like, oh, winter, son of a gun. But those days are gone, and that ship has sailed and sunk. Uh, over what's happened over the last three years, I don't handle cold so good anymore. It, it's not so friendly, is it? No, your skin does get thinner, and I don't know where all the muscle mass went, but it's gone. <laughs> 
So, no. What? All right. So I, I would like. All right. So it's it's. Uh, oh, it warmed up. No. All right. So it's forty four degrees with a hundred percent chance of rain by nine o'clock here. So in the next. No. So good. I started. Look. Uh, and, and, and people hadn't described it because it's not Denver cold. Like that dry cold, you can deal with that. It's, it's different. I'd rather be. In, I would. Ra- I would rather be in fifteen below and 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 calm conditions in northern Wisconsin than to be in this thirty-four degree sloppy muck right now. Oh, because oh. it's just no getting comfortable. No, it's this hibernation weather. But guess what? Spring is a coming. Yes, it is. Uh, March. What? March 21st? 23rd? I know you have it on your SADS calendar. (laughs) I do. How did you know I have a SADS calendar? (laughs) Because I know you. (laughs) You got to mark it off and getting closer. Oh, and and by the way, we're going to have a whole new level of food porn going on (laughs) because Sister Cynthia... Uh, has has decided that I need to enter the wonderful new world of sous vide cooking. So I've got a. What sous- is that? Uh, you know that's 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 the the device that go you, you put the food you put the food in the bag like the steak or the chicken breast or whatever in the bag and seal it up and you put and and the sous vide machine goes in the water and it heats the temperature to an even it just keeps the water at an even temperature. And you set the timer, and you know you can set it for rare, medium rare, whatever. And it's and then when it's when it's done, it's tender and perfect. You take it out, you do a good back end sear on it, and it's a brother Deacon Ace has been oh. bra- brother Deacon Ace has been bragging about it for years. Cynthia uh, Cynthia told me about it, and I remember Bob Lottie talking about it. I'm like, you can yeah, you can do anything, you know. Shit, you can you could do you if you got a bag big enough, you could do a whole mean a whole main lobster sous vide. Oh, I bet that steals all the juices in though. We're talking about that's like, the like whole thing. Yeah, chicken. yeah. Oh, uh, you know, remember when we were kids? There were these clear pouches that you would put in water. It would be a whole meal in like three pouches. Yeah, but this is different. I, with the meat, though, I get that. That's a great. Oh, I understand. Oh, that's perfect. Because then you sear it, then you get that nice. Oh, but here's, oh, but here's oh. the but here's the other thing, Cynthia. After years of listening to you, you and me talking about smoking stuff, <laughs> has got has got her her very own char griller acorn. Uh oh, and 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 Cynthia is moving into the wonderful world of smoking things. Oh man, she's going to. Oh, she's going to love it. Oh, she's gonna love that. We're gonna we're we're oh, we're, we're, oh. Oh, oh, we're gonna learn all we're gonna learn all about brines and spicing brines and 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 eventually eventually I hope to get her a, 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 a feeling confident enough that she can do that trifold pork loin. Yeah, Cynthia, you got to do that. Don't even don't even worry about if it's right or wrong. Just do it. I, I'm telling you, it, it, you might don't not get it right about the first it. time. It's right, right or wrong. Just do it. Yeah, <laughs> just do it. That's exciting though, because that that acorn, I mean, the heat and it will it will cook all night. No, it's like you no, know, you, you set it for like, like 
you know, you got a big juicy ribeye. It's like you set it for what? I, I, I'll have to see the charts and stuff, but it's like, you know, you, you, if you want it, if you want it at 118 degrees, you set it for that. You send, then you just pull it out in an hour and just boom, boom, sear it and done. I'm, so, mm. I am so stoked. God, that'd be good with some nice fresh green beans. You know, you have, you know, all your vegetables can be done by the time that. Oh, and sear it and then wonderful aroma that will got your cast iron skillet out there to sear it. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. And I did my I did my New Year's mm. I did my new, new Year's cabbage up in hog gel in, in hog gel grease. Steamed the steamed the cabbage for a long long time, and then transferred it over to a blazing hot skillet with that melted that, that wonderful hog gel grease. Tossed it in that with, and then and then hit it with lemon and black pepper and salt. Whew! Gotta gotta have oh. some, gotta have some good luck out of that. Woo! That look. You know, at the end of the day, we have to eat well. Uh, we have to eat well. It, it's it's a good thing. Oh, I just I'm so happy. Oh, Cynthia, uh, you know, mm, mm, mm. I can't. Wow, that's amazing. Mm. You you know what? She's gonna be calling. Bye bye. Oh, you gonna be getting pictures? I hope I hope you help her along because this is a little bit of a learning curve. It's not too bad, but uh, you know. Oh, we're going. We're going. Does, does she have wood that she can gather? Well, it, I, I don't know that she'll gather, but she can get wood. And we talked about alder for the salmon, and how wonderful, uh, okay. how wonderful dried grapevine is as a smoking wood. Right. Mm. Mm, she's gonna have. Yeah, I was out she, pulling wood down. Yeah, it. it mm. I'm so happy for her, but I did. Ooh. Well, you know what, Robin. Um, I'm, I'm just glad you're still around and, and, um, you so know, your I. program's still being around. Well, I don't mean like that. I mean, you and your, well, everything, but, uh, it's a testament to, you know, you, you're fair and, and, you know, you have a good heart. Um, you know, you don't try to mislead people. You know, you just, you know, we say things like people mess up, you know, they mess yeah. up. It doesn't matter who they are, what party they belong to. And it's we, not about and, that. And we speak and we speak in the language most often recognized by ordinary everyday Americans. Sometimes people just need to be called a motherfucker. It's true. And then in the same breath we can talk about incongruency. Yes. And Venn diagrams that turn into just one big circle. <laughs> Stay warm, my friend. You, I was about to say the same thing. You stay warm. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hi. Bye. And by the way, uh, Brother Deacon Asa says, Thank God this Epstein list means the Israel-Palestine the Israel -Palestine kerfuffle's over. <sighs> can, can you imagine being a Gazan and seeing the headlines? America, uh, America obsessed over sexy time list. What? <sighs> yeah. Oh, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Uh, that's prayer meeting Wednesday. It was probably a little Pope heavy, but you know we'll get past it. I mean, it's prayer meeting Wednesday. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to 
our challenge makers and a la carte contributors. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks, Roger. Glad you got your plumbing problem solved. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you. Brother Deacon Asa, head on, dot live. Remember, please leave a comment, like, and subscribe on, all, on, the, on the podcast. You know, it's kind of wild. I was looking at Podbean, just Podbean, which we've not been doing for, well, less than, certainly less than half of the life of this program. And it's, 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 a, it's a blip on the radar compared with, say, Pink Shrek. But people are a lot less interested in facts and ideas than they are in uh, dude bros sitting around just asking questions. Even though all the questions are wrong and all the answers are even more so. But, God willing and the crick don't rise. Somewhere around the end of 2024, whatever that brings us, we will be nearing or surpassing 800,000 downloads on Podbean alone. That's without regard to all the years of White Rose Society when Ben Birch was serving out literally a billion hours a year of all the programs. That's pretty amazing. So, we'll just keep plugging along and we'll keep the conversation as realistic and fact-driven as it possibly can be and have a little laugh along the way here and there. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. You know, I, this last one I got, uh, it, was, it wasn't even a blip. No headache, no nothing. It was awesome. Get your flu shot. Get your RSV vaccine if you can. Wear your mask if you're around maggots in particular. Them folks will make you sick. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can during these stay-inside months. If you're in a place where staying inside is kind of necessity. And for God's sakes, if uh, Julius Geezer comes on. I, I, I wasn't on the list. I, I went to parties with him. But I wasn't on the list. He wasn't on the list. Thank you, Alex. Avoid him like the plague. Avoid them like the plague because they are. And always, always, always. Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Later.